listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Mike Reed. What up? What up? What up? Yes. How are you doing this week, Jamie? I am 157,000 times better than I was three days ago. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Well, this is a good start. Yeah? <laughs> this is a good start. I'm still feeling a little winded. I mean, you can't get that far out of it, man. I was serious. I mean, I'm looking in retrospect going, wow, oh, it's almost like a weird acid trip, you know? And it's just from being so busy and so worn out and, man, trippy. But I survived it, and I only have one more thing left to do, and I'm literally actually done for the whole semester, for the whole winter holiday break. So I'm stoked. Yeah, and the next semester is your last, right? It is for this segment, and I'm going directly straight into the next level. Yeah, not going to take any time off at all. I wish I could. You going to stay in the, the, the Illinois state then? I guess so. I'm going to be uh, Ill, anno- Ill annoyed for, uh, a few, for a couple more years at least. But I think, you know, I'll also be, um, um, well, I'll, I'll have an amazing amount of opportunity, you know, for doing that. You know, this is kind of a strategic, strategic selection to come to this campus of this university, um, specifically because I can be in the mix and in the action, in the action down at the state capitol. So that's really cool. Cool, cool, so, cool. So who knows? It could wind itself into a future. That's what you're trying to do, man. That's why you're putting all this work in, right? And, and then it's look out. Right. Name, brand, name brand macaroni and cheese, baby. <laughs> you can stop eating ramen. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm never eating macaroni and cheese again. I'm not eating anything that is associated with college survival food ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even, jo- not even jokingly or for a celebratory thing after 15 years anniversary. Never, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that that'll be good for you, dude. I I can't wait for wait till you you can <laughs> eat better. It sounds like you eat like shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you don't it's even so... eat organic mac and cheese, huh? Like you have to eat oh. straight mac and cheese. What's it, what, yeah. what what was your diet? What did you eat yesterday? What was your diet? What did it consist of yesterday? Oh man, we don't want to go there. Well, see, <laughs> I got some I got some funding up for over the holidays yesterday, so I really ate like a champ. Fun dip? Some funding. Oh, funding. I thought you said fun dip. <laughs> I was like that, it's like I had a fun dip all day Special. yesterday. You remember that stuff? <laughs> fun dip? Uh-huh. Oh man. That was like crack cocaine for kids, like dude. A yeah, it was like <laughs> a bag of sugar in a in a Sugar stick. <laughs> that is worse than Pez. Well, um, welcome to the Cannabis Agenda, everybody. Uh, uh-huh. We are getting, it's middle of December now, we're getting uh, closer to a year on this project. Uh-huh. Um, this is episode 42? Two. It is. Four, wow. t- four two. So uh, moving on up towards 50. Um, yeah, like I said, it's almost been a year. Um, we... Uh, 
Basically, what we do here at the Cannabis Agenda is we cover almost in, we cover anything cannabis. Uh, sometimes it gets ridiculous. Most of the time, it's pretty hmm. serious stuff, though. Um, cover a lot of sure. uh, a lot of do a lot of news, uh, a lot of current events um, throughout hmm. the country, sometimes the world. Uh, we cover a lot of news from the medical marijuana states. Uh, we like to cover states that are moving closer towards uh, medical marijuana legislation. Um, we do some news deconstruction. We got a little of that later mm-hmm. today. Um, and uh, we, we try to interview uh, interview pertinent people from uh, uh, the stories we uh, cover and organizations that are, you know, important to, uh, to the movement in general. Um, we are advocates of drug policy reform straight up. Don't can't even, mm-hmm. can't even deny it. Uh, we feel, yep. you know, I mean, I feel like, uh, I'm, we all do feel like, um, uh, our, uh, nation's drug policy is whack. So, mm-hmm. um, we're trying to, uh, get things back in the people's favor again, have a reasonable discussion about, uh, drug policy reform, specifically marijuana. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else you got to add to that? We have, well, we have a lot of activists listening to this show. Um, mm-hmm. And so cool. we what, what do we do? Activistainment? We try to entertain the activist community? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we try to approach things with a little bit of a sense of humor. I mean, how can you not? Some of the ridiculous stuff that we report on, I mean, they're, they're actually serious stories, and they're so funny just on their own, just by, by their nature. I mean, the things that are going on in the, the ridiculous... Uh, what is it? Um, sophisticated grow rooms. Yes. <laughs> grow operations. Just all the folly. There's stuff like that all throughout, you know, all of the things that we, we share, all the information and stuff that we share on the show. It's, it, yeah, it's a wacky ride. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty the wacky backy. It, it makes uh, politicians and um, uh, moralists uh, that are brainwashed uh, say crazy stuff often. We cover it <laughs> right here. Often, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Pretty often. <laughs> daily. Right. Sometimes. Hourly. Occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while they say stupid every stuff. Usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The English language, it's great. We have so many words that are that, that people think are supposed to be precise, but they're just not. They're they're rarely precise. <laughs> Um, anyways, yeah. Um, if this is your first time checking us out, we really appreciate you taking a listen. Um, and, uh, uh, if you've uh, been listening in the past, thank you. And thanks for Mm -hmm. everyone that participates and, um, emails us and calls us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, welcome back. Yeah. Our website's uh, cannabisagenda.com. You can email us anytime info at cannabisagenda.com. We'd love to uh, hear from you questions, comments, criticisms, whatever. Scoops. We've been getting some scoops lately. We appreciate it. If we're not covering stuff from your neck of the woods that you think is pertinent, please send us some uh, some articles. Um, also, you can send us uh, ideas for uh, interviews if there's anyone you'd uh, um, like us to talk to on the show. Um, you can also call us, 707-654-CAN, C-A-N-N, which is uh, 2266. Leave a voicemail. Um, we'll play it on there if, if you leave us one. Um, uh, the easiest way, you can listen to our show directly from our website. Um, you can go to the website, camsagenda.com. You can check out the show. It has all the show notes listed for the show that we uh, cover. You can click on the notes, and it'll link you directly to the stories that we're referring to. Um, also, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. 
Um, that way it's, you know, automatically updated and, and is it, what's it uploaded to your iTunes account when it's downloaded, downloaded, yeah. uploaded. Uh, we do the uploading and you guys do the downloading. So we go up and you get down. That's right. And, um, yeah, you can check it out in it. You, if you, if you subscribe on Facebook, I mean, not Facebook on uh, iTunes, it's, uh, it's available for you. It's a, probably the easiest way to listen to a podcast. You can search for us, uh, key terms, cannabis, marijuana, you can search the cannabis agenda, cannabis agenda. Um, also, uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and if you are uh, following us on Facebook, please um, suggest uh, us to your friends. Um, we're still experimenting with uh, with what the streaming thing. Still, still kind of. Yeah, it's about where it was. Same thing. Yep. Not much change in there. Nope. So you can check out this if if you're into streaming. You can check that out. So what do we got on the agenda this week, Jamie? Oh my gosh, we got all kind of good stories going on. I think it's kind of a a mixed bag of of ups and downs. You know, you you will laugh, you'll cry, you'll never forget issue episode forty two of the cannabis agenda. What agenda. We got to we got to remind everybody first of all about KushCon coming to this, uh, to Denver, Colorado. That's that pro- that seems like that's going to prove to be a really um, seriously place that you'll want to be at when it's going on. Um, got some good news coming from NIU. You know, we covered all that big thing last last show last week um, about them getting censored and getting some kind of unconstitutional treatment. And uh, there's some good news. I think uh, if we're lucky, Jeremy Orbach's even going to join us and talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah, and we're going to move right to their neighboring state, uh, Michigan, and de- and deal with the, uh, talk a little bit about all the crap they're dealing with there, um, as far as the dispensaries and everything going, and people trying to fight for their rights to to uh, you know use and met, met marijuana and find a marketplace for it. Um, right, and just- not a lot in Cali. Not a lot. Similar things there, dealing with people fighting for their rights to, to, to be able to sell marijuana um, in Cali. Um, and we've uh, got an update on the Oakland, uh, the Oakland pot factories. Um, the feds. Yep. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about growing on federal land. It looks like a temporary block of... Uh, of um, Shell Leonhardt. Yep. That's... Uh, yeah. Oh, we're going to do a new segment today, too. Um, mm-hmm. Cannabis etiquette. I don't know if we'll end up with keeping that yeah, as a name, yeah. but we're going to talk about, sure. uh, uh, you know, the rules and, and guidelines to being a stoner. You know, when how do you pass a bowl? How do you pack a bowl? How do you light a bowl? Et cetera, et cetera. Those sorts of things. You know, do you always pass it to the left? What's bogarting, et cetera? Um, we're going to be looking for all your guys' feedback. A. What, awesome. Someone's really celebrating Christmas the stoner way in Germany, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, giant sativa Christmas tree. Nice. Uh, a little <laughs> bit of a, new, uh, a little uh, update in uh, New Jersey on uh, what's you know, their whole deal that they're they're you know the whole med pot issue they've got there, and mm-hmm. uh, we got some uh, some topics worth barely any of your time, including the return of the nutmeg. Oh my God! Yeah. Kids are kids are breaking it up and snorting it. And it's crazy, and they're going to overdose and die. And and oh my Be God! Be concerned. Be concerned. Keep your kids get nutmeg out of your damn cabinet already if you haven't. Um, Senate Senate meetings are in, are con, in concluding uh, as soon as possible. 
Yes. Um, and uh, we got a, a Patna Pacific Northwest update. Bunch of a uh, few mm-hmm. stories from uh, Washington. Uh, thanks to Staley. Sad stuff coming out of the state couple, of Washington. A couple sad ones and one positive one. Um, and uh, I'm even going to do a little grow tip at the end of the day. And uh, we got a story about marijuana vending machines in Arizona. That's what we got on the agenda today, y'all. Got some. Uh, we got some. Some actual. We got email? some emails this week. Yeah, Staley emailed first time in a while. Um, nice. He was uh, emailing us some from, um, from Washington. Yep, from Washington. Okay. He, he emailed us some scoops, which we'll get to later when we cover Washington. Um, and he also um, emailed us in reference to the discussion we had last week on uh, uh, oh driving. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, um, last week we talked a lot about we, we were talking about a new proposed metabolite law in uh, Colorado, right? Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about people being stoned and driving. How you know what the threshold is? How you know? It was a te- nanogram threshold? Sure, yeah. Um, and we're trying to, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that that moving forward we're gonna uh, inevitably see in the in the um, legalization movement. Um, people wanting to determine how much is too much when you're driving, and then how do we even determine? Uh, when people are at that level, because currently it's kind of difficult. Uh, Staley mm-hmm. said, as far as driving under the influence stuff from the past show, there's a, a saliva test I heard about. He heard it on mm-hmm. the normal show live. He said it looks for active cannabinoids and other drugs by swabbing inside your mouth to determine if you're present, presently intoxicated behind the wheel. I don't know how much this might help, but the laws definitely need to reflect the fact that there is a huge difference between active cannabinoids and metabolized cannabinoids. This mm. is crucial mm. for the debate. The cops, yeah, it's, I mean, and that's the whole big deal there. I mean, cause marijuana stays in people's blood for a long time. So, um, we really got, it's not like alcohol where you drink it and then boom, you know, hours later it's gone. Um, it stays in your fat cells and metabolizes throughout your body. So it's in there. Some people, Mm-hmm. up to a month or more so um they got to find a way to um to really uh determine if you're currently under the use of of if you've currently used marijuana before driving or if it's just you you know use marijuana there's a big difference everybody obviously knows that uh, he went on to say the cops like you guys said um can tell if you're too messed up to drive right I mean, if they—I mm-hmm. mean, if you're obviously too stoned to drive, then it's obvious. It's kind of <laughs> obvious, yeah. Um, and they, he said that we should look for an elevated level of intoxication from cannabis, just like we do when we tolerate people to drink and drive to a certain amount. An example: the 0.08 blood alcohol level. And he doesn't think that tolerance should be a factor, just like it is with alcohol. Um, I think I, I think that, that that you know that's right along the lines of how, what we were saying and how we're feeling, right? Isn't that what you guys think mm-hmm. too? Similar. I mean, it's you know, it's got there's got to be an accepted level of can of cannabis uh, um, ingestion right. that you can can do when you drive, and then there has to be some sort of threshold. Uh, I'm not sure that the that this saliva test draws can actually draw that line. You know, I'm not sure. Um, because I'm not sure how I don't know, but they do need something that would be that mechanically be kind of like that simple, you know, for the cop just, to do on the spot. Yeah, because yeah. last week we were saying, you know, what they're talking about in Colorado is just taking everybody to 
freaking hospital and doing blood tests and that's timely and expensive and invasive and invasive yeah and i mean you know like if i know hey yeah i smoked some weed today but it's been hours i just want to you know i just want you to test me right now so i can get where i'm going i'm you know i'm in a hurry officer give me the test you know um it doesn't exist yet i don't think to where I mean, as far as I know, if anyone has, you know, we'll, we'll check out this sal- saliva test, but I'm pretty sure what it's going to do is be like, oh, yeah, you've used marijuana recently, but it won't determine how much, you know, how high you are, I don't think. it just. Do you, you guys think that's one of the reasons they're afraid of marijuana is because they don't have the technology to sufficiently detect whether people are stoned? Um, um, hmm. What do you think, Jamie? I don't know. That's kind of a chicken and egg question in a way, isn't it? Well, you mean because they, you think that they'll eventually find sufficient technology? I can't imagine why they why they can't. I mean, we can go to the freaking moon, dude. Like, I know. I mean, the technology, it's really a matter of expense, right? It's sure. what they say a lot. I hear them saying that a lot whenever um, different leg- statewide legislation is, is pending. I, I've I've often heard, and in, in different states, I've heard them say that. Well, we all know that too. I mean, as soon as the technology exists, we we can't then then all these ads with bus drivers driving around stoned with kids and yeah. stuff, or you know, <laughs> they're the, it's just like booze. I mean, it's Up like look, yeah, look like well, now we can test these people when mm-hmm. they're behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. So ha. You know, um, but the government doesn't seem to want to put the money into doing the research to create the technology. A pri- if someone had the loot and did it privately, I'm sure they'd make up. They'd make a fortune off of it if they could create an active test. Because yeah, man, that is top of the technology list. Huge technology list. I mean, idea people. That's t- top of the list, man. Big time <laughs> lobbying, sort of stuff. Yeah, getting I, new every state, even those without medical marijuana laws, to write metabolite laws and stuff, and have different, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. possession's one thing, but then driving under the influence mm-hmm. is a whole another thing. And like, you know, I mean, so that's, that's big business. If anyone figures that out, big business, lots mm-hmm. of money. Every damn police police force and you know in the country will have to purchase those things. It's, yeah, you can you can bet there are people working. on on it too. Yeah. Where is it? You're working on it. Officially. I am Thursday after my last huge final. I'm going to start thinking about these. Things. <laughs> nice. And uh, and you're uh, you're, you're you, you study uh, biochemistry, right? Um. Well, not yet. <laughs> you can find people that do. Um, I could take an elective. Yeah, totally. Staley, we appreciate that uh, email about that. It's a. It, this yeah, is a really thanks. big deal. We're going to continue continue following this um, and trying to find out who is and who isn't involved in actively and actually trying to to move forward with this sort of technology. If any of you out there are listening and you 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 have some leads on people we should contact or look into, please see, send them to us. We'd love to to look into that. That, um, deeper. Also, Staley asked, "Do you know of any mildew res- resistant strains, and if they are available to purchase anywhere?" What do you think about that, Matt? I got one. You got one? Yeah. What? One. Oh, it's one of my favorites too. Purple Urkel. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's very hardy in general, and uh, I think it probably do mm-hmm. well in Staley's neck of the woods up there in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, veg is so slow. It does hey, veg slowly. I think mildew is an interesting thing. I don't think. I think once you've got it in your genetics, it's hard to get rid of it. Like if you have a, a, a plant that you're going to take clones off of mm-hmm. and it gets powdery mm-hmm. mildew before you take clones off of it. Mm-hmm. And then you think, oh, well, you spray it. It's gone, right? You it's can't even see it anymore. 
it's in the plant mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, I've heard that that it, uh, powdery mildew is systemic. Systemic, and it's systemic. within it, it. It messes with the DNA to some degree, and then is much easier to get it. However, the thing about the purple urkel, for instance, it does get powdery mildew. I've seen it on every purple urkel I've ever. You know, it it does get it. It just doesn't get it bad. Well, that's that. He's asking resistant. Resistant. Mm-hmm. So by resistant, you're thinking he's not saying like doesn't get it at all well i mean i I think primarily it's environmental it's not genetic you know to 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 introduce it in the first place Mm -hmm. and then and then a plant and then a plant can get it easier and easier over time having an environment where it readily you know spreads sure well sure yeah a a moist um you know not i i understand that uh it really likes the darker areas so if you have a lot of uh you know under canopy that you haven't cut out that's that's the powdery mildew loves it down there does anywhere where the sun doesn't shine mm-hmm. yep lots of lots of funguses like growing in <laughs> moist dark places yep <laughs> what uh, about <laughs> what, about, what, what? about uh northern lights number five times haze what about it i would think that one was naturally mildew resistant why because out of all the plants I've ever seen in, in the in the growth stage, that one that one was just it would look like the gro- jolly green giant. It was it was intense. I've had more luck with sativas, longer, taller, stretchier, more length between nodes, thinner, bigger, thinner leaves. You know, like the light shining through better. I've had a lot of, in in my experience. I've had a lot more luck with just sativas in general, not having powdery mildew. Um, then the more indica dominant, the more mid size, the, the closer the nodes are to each other. The yeah, the more uh, the more powdery I've seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 makes sense. Yeah, it's it's environment. It's it's learning to one pre- be preventative about powdery mildew, um, and to like you know prune your plants in ways and have the space you need. It, up in Washington, man, in the winter time, you might want to go with a thinner canopy. Really, uh, I, you know, like I kind of like in the summertime a really thick canopy. Um, e- even though I think that the heat could you know bring mites about. I go with a thicker canopy in the summer and then a slightly thinner canopy intentionally in the winter to kind of try and get around powdery mildew. But I do not know of any strain that can really claim to be mildew resistant. Um, so um, if there is one out there and anyone's listening and they know of it, send it, send, send it to us. But uh, yes, Daly, we appreciate the, uh, the comments and the, and the thoughtful questions. Um, we always love hearing them. Anyone can, you can email us anytime, guys. Info at cannabisagenda.com or give us a call, 707-654-CAN. Hey, what's up? What's going on? So KushCon 2 is happening here soon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a quick reminder. Um, we talked about this. KushCon 2 in Denver, Colorado, happening at the Colorado Convention Center. Uh, I believe it's this coming up weekend, the 17th through the 19th. That's what's going on. Tons of bands, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out online at uh, kushcon.com. Dot, dot com. Hey, so uh, out <laughs> your way, they uh, looks like uh, they, they f- fixed the issue going on at NIU. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Jamie? Um, yeah, I can tell you a little bit more about that. We were hoping that Jeremy Orbach could uh, join us again and kind of recap what's happening. Um, we haven't. It was, it, we had such a short notice to get a hold of him that uh, we'll probably have him um, more likely on next show. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he'll still uh, get this message we left for him. But um, in the meantime, the the gist of what has occurred 
is kind of what I thought should have occurred a long time ago. I think, I believe, and I'm not certain because I didn't really go back to last week's show and listen to this again to make sure, but it just, it, it seemed to me that I said, why hasn't the president stepped in sooner? How come he hasn't done this before now? And uh, what ended up actually happening is their um, NIU president, not the student president, but the actual administrative president of the university um, intervened and said, due to the seriousness and uh, immediacy of this, of this, uh, the nature of this issue, that he felt that he needed to step in over their campus Senate. <laughs> and uh, he, let me see. They, they overturned their decision and recognized um, Jeremy Orbach's chapter of SSDP as a student organization eligible for full uh, funding. So it's about as good of a decisive victory as I can imagine. And it's cool. The, the best part is just they got this thing handled and, you know, they can put that behind them and. So did they change the rule? Did they? Okay. So they handled it just for SSDP, right? Is what it sounds like. You know, I think he basically stepped in and, and realized this was a potentially negative fire that he needed to put out right away. I'm, I'm certain, uh, and this is just speculation on my part, but the, uh, being involved with this kind of administration, like, uh, um, you know, board of trustees and so forth, uh, it's likely that their board of trustees said, you know, has communicated to their president, hey, listen, I think maybe you, we should step out and, and take care of the situation. And um, we think you're probably the one to do it. I'm sure that was part of their conversation as well. And he said, sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, being in charge of a, a higher institution of learning, you should uh, mm -hmm. probably have a decent grip on uh, your students' constitutional rights. So, um, I mean, it looks right. kind of bad if you want to fight the fight to be like, no, we can, <laughs> we, we can, you know, we can definitely look, these groups here are okay, but these groups here are not okay. I mean, you know, it just uh, on it just doesn't, didn't make much sense. So, but I'm, what I'm wondering is, is if they're going to change the rules there to how they, you know, cause how they were designating groups or whatnot, there was the, you know, there's the political groups or whatever. And then there was the, the, um, you know, the, there were different, they had like different, you know, classifications. And if they classified you this way, they funded you or whatever. And I wonder if, if they're going to change all that stuff, but, uh, you know, that's why we can, uh, maybe follow up, uh, with, uh, Jeremy later on? Is that who it was? Yeah, Jeremy Orbach. Actually, um, he just called in, okay. and I think he said it's, uh, it's okay if we try to give him a call. Oh, cool. Let's do that. Let's Great. do that. All right. Well, we have, uh, we have Jeremy Orbach, who uh, has joined us on the line again. Um, we did, if you were listening to last week's show, um, in the program, we did uh, discuss this issue and the problems that were um, surrounding this issue um, and had Jeremy uh, on the program then as well to explain to us what was going on. Um, he is the founder and president of the SSDP chapter up at NIU. And um, if you've been following this issue, it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty serious thing. Um, we, uh, We'll just let uh, Jeremy get on here and uh, explain to us a little bit more about uh, what's developed lately. I think there's some big news, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Um, I, I will ask you to ask to be a little bit more specific because so much has happened in the last five days or so that once sure. again, I could probably talk for quite a bit of time about you know exactly what has happened. So if you have some specific questions, I'd, I'd prefer to answer those. 
Um, yeah. What 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 did the how did the president what did the, the president of your college stepped in and 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 uh, and basically took yeah. care of this right? How did yeah. he do that? Well, what what did he do to 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 take care of this issue? Absolutely. Um, essentially, we're not a hundred percent sure that President Peters. You know, he definitely took the case and passed it on to Gregory Brady, who is the attorney that represents the administration. And as soon as I found out that he had been put on the case. Um, I actually reached out to him directly far prior to any of this hitting any sort of media. Um, And I started working with him um, under the permission of uh, my mentor, Eric Sterling. Um, He he pretty much said, go ahead and tell tell the attorney everything for NIU. And so I sat there for two and a half hours and explained to him exactly what had happened. And by the end of the conversation, you know, he was obviously very distraught over the the situation at hand and said he was going to do everything possible to, you know, remedy the situation. And essentially what happened was um, going into the vote Sunday night, it was made clear that, um, you know, Mr. Brady was working directly with uh, the Student Association to express the frustrations of NIUSSDP, and essentially he, he told them that they needed to do something, in my opinion. And I don't know exactly what happened in regards to how this meeting was called, but this past Sunday night, um, a, a special Senate meeting was called that formally denied us our recognition and then following that, um, the press release was, was let out by, by fire, and a whole lot happened in regards to media. Um, but it was made clear that, you know, Mr. Brady had some issues with getting the message out that, you know, there were First Amendment constitutional violations at stake. And so, you know, we were, we've been working with him fairly closely even since the vote was taken to deny our recognition. And we went and met with him as well as other uh, administration people on campus and explained the situation, and we gave him a copy of the press release from FIRE. Um, and within about three days, I received a phone call um, from one of the representatives representing the university saying, I just wanted to let you know that we are giving you full recognition. And I, I asked, I wanted a little bit more information. I said, on, you know, on what grounds and what pretense? And they said, well, you know, as the administration oversees the Senate, we have decided that, you know, in, in light of all of the information that has come to us, we essentially need to give you your full recognition as a social justice advocacy and support organization. And he said, you know, I, I don't want this to be made public yet. And um, we said, well, we respect you, but as soon as the letter is written, we'd appreciate, you know, the ability to share it with the media. And so I actually got that letter yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was fairly early on in the morning. Um, and I just got home. I scanned it in. I sent it to all of the reporters that have been reporting on the subject um, from all over the nation. And you know, we just received, I believe, five or six articles immediately following just saying that, you know, we essentially won. And while they have granted us, um, you know, our recognition, there are still many other issues going on in regards to the treatment of other student organizations. Yeah, so, yeah, that's... I've been... I've, Go ahead. That's what I was wondering about was whether or not they were going to change the way they classify people because, oh, so you guys are making a big, you know, big deal of it. So right, they right. grant you the new classification. But what about the other right. groups? If the, you know, are they discussing changing the rules or changing the way they yeah, go about? Essentially, there, there's quite a bit going on internal to the administration in, in the letter that was written to me by the administration. Uh, it was explained that they were working on forming a committee essentially to oversee the changes in the bylaws for the Constitution, um, and the bylaws, I should say, for Northern Illinois University. And we, you know, had some questions to ask about, you know, essentially this decision goes against the essay bylaws, um, 
and we wanted to find out what the follow-up was going to be. And we've also been working with a number of senators uh, that actually represent the uh, student association um, just to make sure that we understand everything properly and we can get their perspective as well. Um, so, yeah, essentially, um, it's it's been really interesting. Uh, the, the other organizations, I've reached out to them, telling them, you know, hey, they have been found that it was unconstitutional, and we did get, you know, what we wanted. It's time for you guys to speak up and say, hey, you know, we've been mistreated as well. We deserve something from this. And we're, we're in a proposal stage right now internally to the organization to figure out, you know, how we think the university should rectify the situation. And while we realize this isn't really our job to do so, at the same time, you know, there, it's in my opinion that the university has kind of opened the doors to lawsuits because they are admitting that, yes, we were not in accordance with the Constitution. So, you know, at this point, I feel like every affected organization that has been discriminated against, you know, has the ability to press charges at this point. So we're trying to just spread the word that we want to get something set up that allows, you know, the reimbursement for activity fee money, for example, um, for organizations that were affected and were denied, you know, their ability to gain funding on campus. Um, we're, we're working on a lot of different things in regards to just making sure that everybody gets equal and fair treatment at this point. Yeah, that sounds important. You know, I mean, it's a, it's, it seems it's a victory. It sounds like a victory for your SSDP chapter, but still, yeah. still ways to go as There's far still as a lot to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's cool that you guys are, are mm-hmm. sticking with it and not just going. All right, we're done. Sweet. All right, cool. Because yeah. obviously, a lot of those other groups have not spoken up in the past. Um, so, right. Um, you know, it's good for you guys to be that voice. Nice. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. It's been really interesting just seeing the outpouring of support from other organizations as people do find out about it. They've been, you know, reaching out to me saying, hey, we want to get involved and, you know, we, we appreciate everything that you're doing because we've had the same issues in the past and we really appreciate you bringing it to the proper light because it's been a problem for a very long period of time, it seems like. And, you know, I was just, you know, expressing that we were trying to do the right things in the beginning. You know, we felt as though we were being treated unfairly. We, we spoke up. We did everything that we should have done, and, you know, it looks like the university is finally listening and finally understanding that there are some issues with the Student Association Senate, and it really needs to address those issues. Cool. Well, you're doing good work, man. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to plug before we uh, get off of here? Um, I I would just say that, um, you know, our website, NIUSSDP.org, is the location where we have most of the media in regards to what's going on. And mm-hmm. since it hit national media, we've had a lot of difficulty keeping up with the amount of media we're getting, uh, just given that we, I didn't really have anybody delegated out to have the task of posting all the things on our, our webpage. So I was doing it all myself, and it's just become such a timely task that you know all the early media that wasn't really available on Google and you couldn't find it easily is on our website and everything else. You can literally just Google yeah. and hit latest to see the most and there's more coming in on a daily basis. There's more press releases being written. And, you know, we're, we're going to continue to work um, with the university to make sure everything is concluded in, in a just way, essentially. And we will be posting through our website um, future updates in regards to, you know, what's going on, where the university stands, and how we can make sure that all of these changes that need to happen can happen in an expedient manner, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right on, man. Well, we really appreciate the update, and we appreciate all the effort you're putting into this matter. Um, thank you so Absolutely. much. Yeah. And if I could make one other uh, shout-out, I just did want to say, um, internal to NIUSSDP at this point, uh, we have been restructuring 
uh, very massively because we are preparing for a, a much larger organization than we had this past semester. And at this point, uh, I made a decision very recently saying that anyone that's interested in students for sensible drug policy, no matter whether or not you're a high school student, a college student, if you're in the state of Illinois, we we encourage you to go to our website, which is NIUSSDP.org, and click join. And we will be working with individuals across the state of Illinois to try and start up more SSDP chapters from this, because we believe that since, since all this positive media for SSDP has come out, a lot of people are realizing that they really need to get involved and start chapters. And the number of people reaching out to say that they want to start chapters um, has been nothing short of extraordinary. So we just mm-hmm. wanted to say that if there is anybody across the state of Illinois that is really interested in starting a chapter, we will work to forward the information on. There's also going to be a state outreach coordinator position opening sometime in the very near future, which will help people internal to the state of Illinois start their own chapter. So, you know, we just did want to let everybody know that if they really like what we've done, you know, please just go to our, our, our SSDP page, org and click join. So I do appreciate the time, though. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot, cool. Jeremy. We appreciate the update, all the information. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your effort. Thanks a lot, man. All right. So we're going to move on to one of Illinois' neighbors, right? Michigan's next to Illinois, isn't it? Michigan, yes. Literally. You share a, share a border somewhere along the way. Well, uh, Mich- a corner. Michigan's one of our most recent medical marijuana states. A corner. A corner border. It's not even a corner. Yeah, it's not. Really a, but you can't. Uh, you can't can you not drive directly from? We share a lake. A lake, so you can yes. swim. Yeah, you can swim. We share waterfront, so you can swim. Uh, awesome, my uh, my. Uh, did I just say we? <laughs> we, you did. We. You're, you're not an Illinois guy anymore. No, no you're Californian <laughs> all the way through and through. Yeah, that kind of scared me. Um, yeah, whatever. Those are your roots, man. Don't yeah. don't ignore the roots. They're the most important part of the plant. You know <laughs> what they say, man. You can take the heady producer out of Illinois. Isn't that the the old phrase? But you can't. But, you, but what? But you can't take the Illinois out of the heady producer. <laughs> <laughs> heady is the word of the week around these parts. I got friends that are so heady, heady man. Um, they got a heady uh, fight up in Michigan going on. Um, uh, this is a really long story. You can check it out in the notes if you want to. Um, but uh, dispensaries have been popping up all over the state of Michigan. Um, in 2008, uh, voters approved uh, the Medical Marijuana Act um, in Michigan by like 63% majority. Uh, the law itself says nothing about dispensaries. Um, it does allow um, caregivers to be designated for um, for patients, um, and they can possess up to 12 plants per patient. I believe they can have a total of five patients, including themselves, and then they, uh, each uh, each patient can have up to two point five ounces of uh, flowers. Um, it does uh, it does not, however, say anywhere in the bill um, or in the initiative anything about dispensaries. Um, so dispensaries have been popping up all over the state, and they are acting as uh, nonprofit dispensaries. But uh, just wanted to update everyone. Michigan is going through it now. A lot of this, a lot of these dispensaries have open up and they're running for you know 20 to 60 days and then they're busted mm. and um there has uh been um you know there's there like just recently a uh, one dispensary was robbed um and uh 
Uh, these sort of things are starting to come up. They're starting to deal with all the issues that surround dispensaries. You're going to have these issues anywhere where there's uh, there's um, facilities that have large amounts of cash in them, um, and uh, you're also going to deal with all all these these legal issues for a while until they back up the courts. People that are that are opening the dispensaries are basically uh, committing acts of civil disobedience, and, and it's kind of like knowingly they're going to have to deal with uh, with the law enforcement and with courts. Um, what do you think about this, Jamie? What do you think about this process and how it works with uh, medical marijuana dispensaries in some of these states? I don't know. I thought I, I don't know why I anticipated that Michigan was going to go a lot more, a lot smoother than the rest of them. Really? Yeah, really, it's kind of important that it should have because it broke um, the Midwest. Sure. Yeah. You know? And it should kind of, it would be ideal if it was just more of a role model that things went just smoothly and <laughs> they took care of things on the, at the beginning, you know, like we always discuss on the program and, it's, you know. It's hard to get these provi- provi- prohibitionists to give up without a big fight though. They, they're just yeah. not, they're not willing to lay down. Yeah. And so all the sacrifices and concessions and all this stuff, by the time you get done, it's not what you intended to achieve in the first place. Well, it's so convoluted because you have people there that are like, okay, well, now we're going to have to figure. So in some places in Michigan, you have people that are trying to figure out how to zone it properly. They're like, okay, well, this is going to exist, obviously. So let's figure out our zoning rules and let's get these places, let's get these, these businesses in the right places, places where we want them, et cetera. And then you've got people that are like, no. They're illegal. It's not in the act. We're going to bust them all. We're going to prosecute them all. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, this is going to be a big issue in Michigan for several years to come. And a lot, and, and, and it's probably already starting to back up with with um, with uh, court cases revolving around these uh, these uh, dispensaries opening there. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep covering it. Um, it looks like um, we've got a, a clip here, actually, about one thing. It's the city of Wyoming, uh, they rule against medical marijuana. What's the deal with this? Let's check it out. Legal one day, illegal the next. That's the story for a Wyoming man who says he's been providing medical marijuana to patients since July. Last night, the city of Wyoming passed a ban on medicinal pot. A ban critics say flies in the face of the law that voters passed. 24 Hour News 8, Susan Shaw in studio now with more on the reaction. Brian and Susie, tonight a man whose source of relief has just been ruled a crime is speaking to 24 Hour News 8. At this Wyoming man's request, we are not revealing his identity. He's one of the tens of thousands of caregivers, or medical marijuana distributors, who grow and supply the drug to people with a prescription. But he's also a patient. I don't know how it can be considered legal to make me suffer in pain. At last night's city council meeting, Wyoming leaders voted unanimously to ban medical marijuana in the city. They say if the drug is going to be legal, it should be dispensed like every other drug at a pharmacy. This is just, it's an out of control way to dispense an illegal substance and I just can't see for the safety of our residents that that this is the way to go. Wyoming city leaders say they didn't take the decision lightly. I'm a compassionate person. I don't think anybody should have to suffer unnecessarily. But this patient and provider says that's not enough. Because we've spoken, we've voted, and it should be legal. He's not disagreeing with the council entirely. And we can do it right, um, put some regulations on it, but don't say we can't have our medication. But at this point, his biggest qualm is that he's out his licensing fee. He says the state won't give it back just because the law has changed where he lives. 
we did it the right way. We've done everything. We've, we've, we've paid our licensing. We've paid our fees. And, and we're still, everything's getting thrown at us. That ban officially goes into effect on December 21st. It reminds uh, me of California. Just really? A lot. Yeah. I mean, isn't this, I mean, that's what happened out here at first. I mean, you know, they started opening up places, started trying to ban them completely, put moratoriums on them. Finally, mm. the, the states acted to some degree. Um, yeah. It's a big, it's a, it's, you know, this is, this is the fight that you, this is what happens when you have um, a law that does not, um, specify about dispensaries but it's weird so so this is happening in michigan this happened in california um it happened in colorado at first but how come oregon so oregon doesn't doesn't do talk about dispensaries either why hasn't oregon started opening up dispensaries they like have voted on it twice now and they voted it down but how, yeah, i don't get that i don't get it either why aren't there dispensaries in oregon it maybe the law specifically says no to them or something in the in the act i'm i'm lost on why oregon hasn't gone down this path that's like the one state where they haven't gone down this path and and neither has hawaii so i'm i'm kind of like i'm kind of really confused as to why maybe we should figure out someone to talk to so we can get a little bit of a you know, better, better idea of why in Oregon and, and why they just haven't started, people just haven't started opening dispensaries. Um, mm -hmm. So, that, well, they kind of, the fact that they went through the uh, federally funded helicopter stage over there in Hawaii, that probably had something to do with their, sure. their state of the function. Well, we have federally funded <laughs> helicopter stage in California all the time, and we still do. I, you know, it's just, to me, yeah, there's some sort of disconnect. Uh, it must be something specifically, some specific wording in the in the initiatives in those states that have prevented people, from, completely prevented people from doing it. Um, uh, I, I don't know. We need to find someone to, to, to clarify that with us, because I, I don't get it. I don't get why Oregon hasn't just started doing it. I mean, you'd have the whole West Coast connected up then, you know, and, and and they just haven't just done it. Um, it's got to be in the wording. But uh, they'll get it right. I think they'll get it right eventually because Oregon is Oregon rocks. They yeah. just do sensible things. I think they're going to get it right in Michigan too. I don't think there's. It looks yeah. like they're popping up so much. I mean, they're not going to get get rid of them in the entire state. I just don't think. I think it's going to. You know, I think it's going to be tough on a lot of people that are trying to get into it at first. So if you're getting into uh, the business of operating a dispensary right now, uh, pretty much know that you are committing an act of civil disobedience. And if you were in the state of Michigan, you were very likely going to have to deal with law enforcement and the courts uh, on to California. What's going on? Uh -huh. in Cali. It's a little bit rosier. I really like the story. I don't know why I've read the story like 19 times so far. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> One of those but, feel uh, good stories, huh? Yeah. It started off as a kind of a bad thing, but um, supporters of medical marijuana partook in a fundraiser Friday night. Um, that's a, like last Friday night um, in San Jose to raise, legal funding for collectives caught up in a recent crackdown. Now, that's the bad part. Um, attendees said uh, the Thursday raids by the Santa Clara County Drug Task Force on three South Bay collectives made them more determined um, to hold this medical cannabis fundraiser. And this is the part that just warmed the cockles of my heart. <laughs> Check this out. The yeah. event, which took place inside the MedX Collective Friday night, consisted of dozens of collective members smoking large amounts of marijuana. And that was the whole thing, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was 
That was it. That was the big fundraiser. It consisted of dozens of collective members smoking large amounts of marijuana. And I, I guess, I don't know how that worked. I guess I just kept pitching in money and everybody just puffed super hyper tough for a while. And they they raised some legal funds that way. <laughs> so... So it's awesome, but you know we have a we have a clip. Can we? Yeah, it, there's a clip. Was it just people uh-huh. like smoking weed? Let's hear it. Huge party is going on in San Jose right now, where marijuana marijuana is being bought, sold, and smoked. It's a controversial fundraiser by Bay Area medical marijuana supporters, publicly challenging ongoing law enforcement raids in the South Bay. KTV's Robert Hanna joins us live now from that event in San Jose. Robert. Garcia, we're inside the medical marijuana dispensary where the fundraising event is going on. The party is taking place, even though several pot clubs were raided yesterday. So tonight there is an air of pot smoke as well as fear and defiance. The smoking Santa provided holiday cheer at tonight's medical cannabis fundraiser inside the MedEx Collective in San Jose. Organizers say they were determined to hold the event despite yesterday's raids on three South Bay collectives. In fact, money raised will help pay legal expenses related to the ongoing raids. The collectives that are a part of this fundraiser are drawing a line in the sand. One indication, the MedEx Collective opened for business today before and during the fundraiser. A little scary to be operating today? Definitely very scary to be operating today. Whether we're closed or we're open, they're going to come and do it anyways. So for us, it's about helping the patients. The Santa Clara County Drug Task Force, known as CSET, has said raids target pot clubs, allegedly making a profit under the guise of a non-profit and for selling pot illegally, such as to non-members. But workers say the officers in black ski masks and with guns drawn act like criminals. It left me with a, my heart pounding so hard and processing, oh, not robbery, police. They're trying to make a lot of destruction and noise and scare us all. And they scared a lot of the patients. At tonight's event, organizers announced they plan to file a federal lawsuit against CSET. And the city of San Jose is holding a special public hearing on pot clubs this Monday. Live in San Jose, Robert Honda, KTVU, Channel 2 News. Mm. They like to come in with the guns blazing, don't they? They ski do. masks ski masks it's serious like so the, uh, it's it's getting to the point now where it's like out here in california the 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 law enforcement community knows that so they're going to bust these people and they're going to go to court and then they're going to get to go back to doing things just like they were so now they're like trying to intimidate them and perhaps hide their own identities oh because they live and work in the communities where the, the communities who accept medical marijuana you Which know san jose uh-huh. for sure yeah. and yeah and the bay area in general mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of california yep. and so they feel they feel but wouldn't you yeah but i wouldn't subjected. be doing it <laughs> well that, I, right. yeah me either <laughs> it would be a moral issue for me i think maybe a bit of a, a bit of an issue you know but um, if you were the type to do that you know might you not feel like I was uh, the type to put on ski masks and go in um <laughs> businesses with guns and stuff no, if if, the, if you enjoy yeah if, if if that was your job because you like doing it or whatever like wouldn't wouldn't that make sense then to want to wear a ski mask Pot. Oh yeah, swat. You would. You would most certainly be a, a publicly scorned jackass if you didn't. At that point. Well, who cares? You got more guns than everybody. Why would you care? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's better. Yeah, gonna, get the notoriety too. <laughs> what are they going to do to you? Um. Oh man. 
Yeah, that see, yeah, more craziness, more craziness still happening in California. We still don't have it right out here. We still got to deal with this crap out What's here. What's going on down in LA? Oh, speaking of dealing with crap, their convoluted city ordinance has just ta- just taken its first legal blow. They've got tons, like forty something lawsuits pending against the um, the ordinance that was enacted uh, a little over six months ago that was aiming at reducing the number of dispensaries in uh, Los Angeles uh, from like a thousand to below a hundred, basically to keep it short. Mm-hmm. Uh, ju- um, a superior court judge in LA ruled that uh, the law's provisions outlaw- outlawing all dispensaries, except for those that were registered under the moratorium is unconstitutional. It leaves the city with little power to control pot shops. Um, the city is going to try and deal with this really quick. It left about uh, what, what just happened mm-hmm. is it left about 90% of the um, ordinance intact. But one of the big parts of that was uh, one of the big parts of the ordinance was, is that you had to have been a registered dispensary with the city prior to the moratorium taking effect, which there was only mm-hmm. so many. And then when the moratorium, so the crazy thing about the pot, the pot shops in LA was, it was like as soon as they enacted the moratorium, that's when the boom happened. Right. <laughs> They're like, you can't do this. And people were like, whatever. Whoa, <laughs> way, yeah. And like 800 it's new shops spot. came up, you know, like as soon as as soon as that happened. Um, and uh, so what he's basically saying here is that um, he ruled that the provision is unconstitutional because the ban was not properly extended and expired almost two months before the November 13th, 2007 registration deadline for dispensaries. The justification for using that, he says, quote, the justification for using that date as a bright line was compromised, if not confounded, by the fact that it was unnecessary to register. So in other words, they used the, the date in this thing – so they said you had to be to, – to, to get to exist with this new ordinance, you had to have been a registered dispensary prior to the moratorium. However, you were not required as a dispensary to register with the city prior to the moratorium. So if you weren't required to, uh-huh. you may not have done it. And then if you didn't do it, now you can't continue to exist. Uh, the judge says that, um, <laughs> that uh, they can remedy this by just setting a specific date and um, saying that at, uh, if you were existed before this date, then you can continue to exist. Or, and if you didn't, then you can't. So then the people that existed prior to the date but weren't registered will still get to, to exist as a dispensary. It's a convoluted situation down there. We really do Jeez. need to talk with someone in Los Angeles County about this sometime soon. Um, because what a mess. It's a super big mess. Um, and, um, you know, uh, this is gonna, uh, you know, who knows, maybe tomorrow 500 new clubs will open in LA. <laughs> you never know. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be so bomb. We can put that on next week's show. You never know, <laughs> dude. So, um, but yeah, we're going to, at least it'd be entertaining if we don't get anywhere. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, the judge also ruled that, uh, that this ordinance violated the due process rights of the dispensaries, uh, because it shut them down without a hearing. So he had a, so like I was saying, it left a lot of it intact, but it's said that a lot of it's illegal because they're saying what he's saying is you can't shut these people down without them being able to at least have a hearing. You can't just say you're shut down. They have to be able to have a hearing. That's their due process. Right. And then he also says that it was, uh, uh, that it, um, 
uh, violated uh, the privacy rights of patients because it required dispensaries to make records uh, available for uh, the police. So if ah. the police came, you had to show the police your, your patient's records, and uh, mm -hmm. that's whack. So um, yeah. the judge wasn't into that. Um, and uh, he basically said um, that the state law – okay, so the judge concluded that state law pre preempts a provision that makes violations of this ordinance subject to criminal pe penalties under the municipal code and a provision that sunsets the ordinance after two years, which he said is a, quote, blanket ban on collectives and goes too far. So um, big issues down there. Uh, the city might appeal certain parts of this ruling, but I think they are – it appears that um, they're going to – they're going to start working tomorrow on trying to write new rules to basically get to the same result, but through a different way. So the judge, like the judge recommended to them, you set a date if they existed prior to that date, and they can prove they existed prior to that date. An example, if they were registered with the city already, or if they can prove through documentation or something they existed before that date, then they can continue to exist but then they still have all this other criteria they have to meet after that, you know. But at least they can get past that part of the the that 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 requirement. Um, so they're going to rewrite that, and then uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do about the um, you know the privacy issues and uh, the the um, the uh, do um, what's this what is it the due process rights uh, giving these dispensaries hearings that they're wanting to shut down. They're they're going to do uh, they're going to they're going to try to move on. The city of LA is going to try to move on this really quickly and get the ordinance completely back in place. Um, but like I said, they're facing like Jeez. over forty lawsuits in, in uh, regards to this. And the and the the um, judge acknowledged that they were probably going to. The city was probably going to lose. City of Los Angeles does not have a lot of money, and uh, at some of these hearings, they've said there have been dozens of city attorneys there, so they are spending a lot of money on this, trying to make this actually happen. Oh, the city of uh, high crime rates and earthquakes, lots of traffic. They're mm -hmm. working on their pot thing. Good luck to them. Um, yeah, man, that's amazing. That I, I never would have... You know, well, I still think it's a it's a bogus argument for people to make. I hear so many people say, "Well, look at California; it's a disaster." You it's know? a train I mean, wreck. Yeah, it was the first one that's pioneering these things. It isn't. I mean, so that's a dumb look, argument because now we can look at everything in retrospect. You know, and it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck yeah. because we grow the best weed in the world. It's a train mm -hmm. wreck because it's readily available for whoever wants it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just terrible. That's that's what so terrible. That's what they think the train wreck is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the train wreck. Um, you know, the 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 semi train wreck part about it is 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 the way that we have the medical marijuana um, economy has grown through incrementalism. There's a lot of people mm. that have had to suffer because they're basically putting their neck out on the line and just doing something ahead of the curve. And uh, right. they've dealt with, you know, the persecution of uh, law enforcement and, and lots and lots of legal fees and time in court um, mm -hmm. and, and in jail in, in many parts. And high stress moments. Speaking of people putting their neck out on the line, we're going to move on to our national spotlight news from the feds. Um mm -hmm. This is a, this is Calif we're going to sticking sticking in California for a second. Oakland, as everyone uh, that listens to the show regularly probably knows, the city of Oakland um, has approved four um, large, very large, very large scale indoor marijuana factories, basically. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the Justice Department uh, sent a letter to Oakland City Attorney um, John Russo um, warning them. And the warning is clear. It's, quote, the warning is clear. These are illegal, large-scale pot-growing operations with Oakland Uh-oh. planning to get a cut of the illicit pros- profits. Uh, sounds to me, sounds to me like they're going to shut these things down. Maybe they're yeah. just threatening it. This is one of those things. Will they? Will they not? Are they going to be a supporter of large corporate marijuana but not of small mom and pops marijuana? Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about this, Matt? You this, see, you're ready to weigh in. This on was this. Well, well, this was bound to happen, right? I mean, this like as soon as soon as I mean, yeah, pot warehouse. Yeah, the federal government's going to let that go down, right? I mean, that's that was my first thought. Like, I thought they might. I I still think they might be talking stuff. They're down with big corporate corporate people making money, but they're not down with uh, mom and pops. As making long money. as they're getting a cut, and they're not getting any, any cut right. right now, they will be getting cut. So Those I mean, to pay federal, they'll be paying federal taxes on that. I guarantee you, they'll pay federal taxes on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So all right, so we're going to take wagers now. What do you think? Going right. to bust all four of them immediately, or going to open? Or going to do it? Sl- okay. So what are what are the mm. what? So when these things open, uh huh. You think they're going to get busted immediately? No, or, okay. no, no, no. And there's going to be six no. of them in Berkeley now too. So we're talking about ten of these things. Really, <laughs> is what we're talking. Ten days before harvest, <laughs> they'll let them put everything in there and put a cr- cr- buttload of money into it and have uh, yeah. you know. And uh, I mean, so what's up? What's up? If all that medicine is centralized in those big factory areas, mm-hmm. um, and they only have to focus on busting those, you know, when they raid it, they just carry it all out in bags and incinerate it. So isn't that going to hurt the people more? They don't just carry it out and incinerate it. They lock it up. Remember we were talking with uh, Chris Conrad about that. He was like, it's one of the most annoying things that the people at the police station have to do. Like all all the time they bring wet weed to these people and they have to figure out how to store wet weed it's like so they like hang and cure wet so weed you and store send it. them a little letter about how to cure it properly and stuff <laughs> i mean i think they incinerated it at some point but not until like all the court stuff's done they need the evidence 58 pounds a day worth right <laughs> oh that's intense so what are the what could happen here they could let them exist mm-hmm. they could bust some of them mm-hmm. they could bust all of them some of the four well, yeah, we're just going to cover Oakland now. Uh-huh. Berkeley's going to do six of them okay. themselves. So, I mean, they're, okay. that, they're, they're connected. Yeah, There's yeah. basically I mean, ten big uh-huh. pot factories going to exist in the Bay Area. Okay, some. Some, some all, all or none. Or none. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you put your money on? Do, on? We, do we each take one of these? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to, just for fun, I'm going to take none. I'm taking all. I'm taking all. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Jamie? <laughs> You're not left with well, much. Well, that's the only one that I never thought was actually one of the possibilities. Which one? Um, the one in the middle that's left for me <laughs> to take. Some? You didn't Some. think that was a possibility? No. No, Why? they're going to do it. Why they're not? They're going to bust them all. What if, or they're gonna, what what if, if someone they, there has is, you know, a member of the Bilderberger group and can, you know, is, knows people in the DEA and gets to continue operating like they leave one of them? Dude, <laughs> they've got the custom titanium grow bot buried underneath their secret mansion. They don't need to worry about these kind of issues. <laughs> Uh, they'll, be, they'll be incognito at the Kushcon learning new tips. I'm taking none just because no one out, none of the other, none, none of the other sensible people would take that one. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take. That's uh, what I. You know, it, it's interesting if they were to choose none, they would instantly. I mean, they would be de facto sanctioning. It. Well, no, they, they would, would be. at least. 
they would be openly to- tolerating. It would be they would be tolerating, and it, it would be obvious. People would notice that. Yeah. That right. So, <laughs> well, I mean, they just tolerated well, yes. like the um, what's it the um, the the VA. They just you know, I mean, they're tolerating the VA allowing benefits to continue going on to patients with, that are using. To some degree, the federal government tolerates what we're doing, you know, and they continue well, to tolerate really more and more. Up. You know, yeah, this is a huge deal. Um, they, and, they don't have the the resources really to not tolerate it to some extent. You know, the the, the, the biggest thing about this story right here though is that there's a lot of pro legalization people that are going fuck yeah bust those big factories <laughs> you know and that's the complicated thing of this whole matter because i can't even say that i'm not kind of like oh cool you know because that like i mean i don't uh, know i guess that decides it for us then we don't have to go kind of for them and kind of against them right i don't have to have an opinion on the matter they can just i'm they, not really sure i can't make up my mind and then you go, well i guess we don't have to right and uh if there's any new listeners out there what we're referring to now is uh this you know um argument that uh that mega grow yeah how big do we want these mega grow do we want corporate you know there's you know we have a slight corporatist fear here at the show we are <laughs> we do, we do we do fear uh, large corporations um uh and uh we uh kind of wonder you know what's going to happen if uh if pot becomes legal and um, cuz there's a lot of really good mom and pop type people in this business and uh, we'd like to protect their uh, ability to stay in the business to some degree and a lot of people have been very worried we're very worried about prop 19 passing because of these you know large factories down in the bay area and everything so yeah there's probably a lot of very you know, very pro pop people. They're very happy that these specific big ones are going to go down. Oh, Rob Campia. What got going on? Growing dope on federal land. Yeah. He's, I don't think he is. He is probably (laughs) at least once. (laughs) Maybe not, but I'm not going to make that claim. Yeah. You know that the cartels, that's what they do. The cartels. Right. And the the foreign, the foreign invader cartels. Um, yeah, I believe he's talking about that, right? Yeah, totally. On uh, Fox's Freedom Watch. With, Freedom Watch. With Judge Napolitano. On the heels of a failed measure in California to legalize marijuana, Congress is also considering proposals Congress. to prevent growing pot on federal land under the guise that it must be for violent drug traffickers if it's being grown by anyone. Joining me now is Rob Campia, head of the Marijuana Policy Institute. Rob, welcome to Freedom Watch. Thank you for having me. Were you surprised that the uh, proposition in California, which is perceived as uh, the most socially open-minded state in the country, lost? I wasn't surprised. I thought it was going to be close. Um, What I predicted is that it would have done a lot better had it been on a presidential election ballot. Because what we find is that marijuana initiatives, state to state, do better when the voter turnout is higher. Well, why do you think the Congress is now getting involved, prohibiting growing it on federal land, suggesting to the states, God forbid when they suggest they end up bribing the states, we'll give you money if you change your law, that they should crack down on, on it even more? State it differently. What the heck does the Congress care? What people put in their bodies in the basements of their homes. Right. Well, this most recent move by Congress was a non-binding resolution that was just articulating that Uh, more money should be authorized and appropriated to crack down on this illegal marijuana growing in in uh, national parks and forests Um, and uh, you know the vote was 400 to 4 in favor of that resolution. Is Congress out of touch with the rest of the country? 
Absolutely. You know, uh, public support for medical marijuana has been between 70% and 80% right. for the last 15, 20 years. Right. But when it's come up for a vote on the floor of the U.S. House, the most we got was 165 votes out of 435. Well, what is the general uh, public support? And I realize that you can find polls to say anything, but, but serious polls that you folks uh, are, are familiar with for the recreational, private, personal use of marijuana in someone's home. Uh, the standard, the, the, the best poll is Gallup, which has 46% support, which is the all-time record high uh, since they were starting their polling in 1960. I would say Congress is out of touch with the country if the Gallup poll is correct. Absolutely. Uh, Gary Johnson, uh, the former governor of New Mexico, who uh, championed legalization of pot when he was the governor, and who will be on Freedom Watch uh, tomorrow night, uh, has recently acknowledged uh, that he has used uh, marijuana privately and in his home, which of course is illegal everywhere uh, in the United States. Do you think that will help or hurt him if he runs for the Republican nomination for president as an avowed libertarian but seeking the Republican nomination? You know, I don't know. I mean, the last three uh, presidents have used marijuana in the past for recreational use, you know, Obama, Bush, and Clinton. The fact that Gary Johnson used marijuana for medical purposes in the recent past. Right, right. It was because of some pain that he was suffering. Yeah, he broke his back. Right. So it was, it was serious pain, and he used for a couple of years to treat you, that pain. You think that resonates well with the public or poorly? He wants to be the commander-in-chief. Or I'm assuming he is going to run. He hasn't said it. I assume he is, too. I, I hope it would... Uh, I hope the public would react favorably because they think what the public always clamors for right. is they want a politician who's going to be honest. Right. And someone who's going to run for president who admits to this use without cracking jokes about it and just says, look, I had to do it because I broke my back. People like that authenticity. Got it. Rob Camp, you thank you for joining us. The tax fight gets ugly. Not between Democrats and Republicans, but between Democrats and the president. Wait till you hear the four-letter word one Democratic lawmaker used about the commander-in-chief. Our freedom fighters are here to talk about all of that next. Yeah, that's uh, that, oh. um, that that led into the Gary Johnson thing. He did admit this week that he used uh, medical marijuana while while he was governor. I believe is the thing. So we're looking. We're uh, we're actually trying to find Ooh. that story and find that clip right now. I don't know if we'll be able to uh, make that work. Did you hear about that, Jamie? I don't think I did hear about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it, I don't know. Yeah. Have that file saved. Yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> the dude's gonna run for president. Um, he's gonna. It's going to. It just him running for president is gonna make it an issue in the Republican. Um, so he got way out ahead of that bus, huh? He did. Yeah. And it, <laughs> what he just said about him looking like a, people wanting an that that is him being honest. You know what I mean? And uh, um, whoa, that's gonna be a big deal. What do you think about growing weed on federal land, buddy? Oh, I think that. Uh, the feds like the whole issue being out in the public, I think, because it, it gives them somewhat inroads to audiences that usually would be kind of, I don't know, protective against them. <laughs> like uh, a lot of environmentalists and a lot of like the rainbow family and stuff like that, that, that care about the national lands and they know that that's how destructive that, that activity is. Activity is very destructive. Um, uh -huh. And it's, but it yeah. seems to you me. You got to think like, about it. Those are huge, significant groups. And both of those groups, just those two examples alone, make up a ton of people. And I don't know. That's, that's legitimate just in and of itself. Yep. Yep. Sheer uh, numbers. All right. Uh, let's see what you got here. Foreign drug cartels on federal land is a federal 
responsibility. Oh, we're not going to play this. We're one? not going to play this one, but uh, it's uh, uh, the the representative's name is spacing me at the moment. He's from California, and he's up in front of the Congress talking all about it. Okay, so you can check it out on the on our website in the notes if you want to. By the way, we'll mention that again for everyone. If you're listening to the show and you ever want to check out what we are, um, where we're getting our information, you can always go to cannabisagenda.com and look at the show notes and click on the links uh, in the notes, and it'll take you straight to the stories where we're. Uh, where we're you know that we're covering so check that out what you got going on here what's uh she's all well we were concerned about uh senate judiciary committee um was supposed to be we, we urged them to ask the hard questions to um the president obama's um dea nomination for uh leonhardt what the what the heck is um michelle leonhardt so anyway, uh, we were hoping that we could urge them to ask the tough questions like, you know, Lyle, um, is it Lyle Craker? Is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he was, he has been, um, he had submitted, uh, for an application to do FD, FDA studies, um, cannabis studies, um, in a professional uh, research environment and, you know, they're always telling us, well, the studies aren't there and we need to commission the studies and he's an eligible person that can do it. And she is absolutely um, one of the worst people involved with this. Um, she keeps denying him. And so that's just one of the many things. Um, she doesn't believe in um, medical marijuana. She she's bad news all around, but um, she's been blocked. And that's a good thing, except it kind of didn't happen the way we want to. Um, the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, I think we might have reported on this before, so I won't go into too much detail about it, recapping it. But but um, they did fail to ask her any of the tough questions about medical cannabis, about um, that next. Uh, re- research or any of that stuff like that. Um, so um, what happened ultimately was um, Senator Call. Uh, um, blocked her based on uh, he was upset about DEA restrictions on how nursing homes are allowed to dispense pain medications to elderly people. Um, he said uh, new regulations intended to stem the diversion of addictive painkillers to the underground market would require uh, that nursing homes will have doctors, not nurses and other staff to dispense medications like Oxycontin and uh, Vicodin and big stuff like that. Um, and he says that the the economic realities of the nursing home market do not allow these facilities to always have the necessary doctors on staff. They can't afford to do that, leading to long wait times, under treatment of pain and suffering for the elderly patients. I guess Senator Cole's uh, ailing uh, aged parents are in this um, type of living situation. And uh, so she's blocked temporarily. But it's temporary. Yeah. And it's not for the reasons that we want her to be blocked. So, um, and she'll, I mean, I have, I've never seen anyone get blocked. Seems like pretty much every time the president says, this is the person, person. they end up being the person. Yeah. I mean, sir, whatever you say, I mean, they bitch and they moan and they cause a big thing and they throw a bunch of dirt and mud at each other and it gets ugly, but they get through. And And then they all go, I, yep. Totally. <laughs> I support the president no matter what yeah. because we're I all the same. I am a robot. <laughs> I am a robot. Please don't kill me. Please, please, please. 
Uh, looks like we got the clip from uh, Freedom Watch um, with uh, Gary uh, Governor uh, New New Mexico Governor, former New Mexico Governor Gary Johnson, um, talking about uh, his marijuana use. Um, thanks for scooping that, Matt. Let's uh, let's roll that. So, Governor Gary Johnson, Governor, welcome uh, to Freedom Watch. Good to be on, Judge. Good to, good good to, to have on. you here. You had the nickname of Gary Vito Johnson when you were the governor of New Mexico, and I applauded just about every one of those uh, one of those vetoes. How did you keep the lid on spending when you ran that state? Well, I did, and uh, I think what's significant is that I got reelected, having uh, vetoed me- as many bills uh, as the other 49 governors in the country combined. And the fact that I got reelected in a state that was two to one Democrat. I really think speaks volumes to the fact that people really appreciate good stewardship of tax dollars. Do you do you think as a result of the uh, elections last month that the march towards socialism has been stopped? Or do you fear <laughs> that this president and his administration, so intent as they are on centrally planning our economy and micromanaging from Washington, will find other ways to do that, no matter how many Michelle Bachmans there may be in the House of Representatives? You know, I, I view the last election really as anybody that was in office belongs out of office. Uh, that, that's what I saw. I thought Republicans picked up as a result of that phenomenon, but uh, only because they were the minority party. Um, I don't think we should forget that when Republicans control both houses of Congress uh, and the presidency, that we passed a prescription health care benefit and we uh, ran up record deficits. So, um, you know, Americans giving back control of uh, the Senate to Republicans, I think would be a great thing, giving it back, giving Republicans back the presidency. Why they should do that, I'm not sure. Maybe based on the... You agree with me. It depends on what type of Republicans you're talking about. If it's the big government Republicans who ran things in the Bush years, and you just... uh, ticked off yeah, 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 they did yeah. that you think are wrong, then it's not a good thing. Well, well and, and right now, it's good politics right now to cut spending. It's right. good politics. It's and I think politicians good, are picking up on that. It's probably also good politics to have divided government because that produces transparency. The, the Republicans in the House will find out what the Democrats in the White House are doing. T- totally. Okay. Total, totally agree. Good thing. Are you a libertarian? Uh, well, I'm a I'm a Republican first and foremost. I'm going to remain a Republican, but uh, you know many have said that I served eight years as governor of New Mexico as a libertarian under the guise of being a Republican. All right, you uh, you have told the world that you have used uh, marijuana because of a back injury that you had, even though that's uh, unlawful. I think you're in favor of the legalization of marijuana, as am I, and as are many of the people. Uh, that watch this show. You certainly believe in the Barry Goldwater principles of maximum individual liberty and small government. Can a person with those views today win the Republican nomination for president? Well, and of course, uh, if you don't give Republicans that opportunity to choose that, uh, why we'll never find out. But it's my idea that Republicans need to grow the base. They need to grow the base. They need to be the the party of solutions, as opposed to really narrowly focused on on uh, on issues that uh, Republicans have always been narrowly focused on. Make it broad based. All right, but if you do run for the Republican nomination, you probably will be the only Republican candidate who who has the intellectual fortitude to suggest cutting the Defense Department. Well, we need to slash government spending. I'm advocating a balanced budget tomorrow. I, I think it's the, the talking about defense. I think the biggest uh, threat to national security right now is the debt of this of this uh, of this country. Well, the Admiral, biggest threat Admiral to Mullen our way agrees of, with you. The, the threat to our way of life and is the debt. Of the, one of the ways to get rid of that debt is to cut spending across the board 
according to Gary Johnson, including the Defense Department. Including the Defense Department. Medicaid, <laughs> Medicare, Social Security, Defense. Last, yeah. last question before I, I let you go. Are you going to run for president? Now, you've got to give me an answer, because I keep asking you this every time you're here. And every time, I don't want to get crossways with my, uh, my legal status, which is that I'm a 501c4. I get to uh, raise money. I get to speak out on the issues today. I get to be a right, political If you do run for president, activist. will you come back here and chat with us about it? Yeah. All right. It's All right. I like that. I like Governor Gar former <laughs> Governor Gary Johnson of New Mexico. It's a pleasure. Thank you very Thanks. much. Well, the president is cursed out. Not much mm. pot talk there, but OK, so let's get into. So he interesting he's, guy. He's a very interesting guy. He's obviously mm -hmm. a very intelligent person. Um, he is what Republicans want for our current state of being. Like he was saying, it's good politics right now to cut spending. It's good politics right now to cut spending. You can get a lot of big government type Republicans. He's what Republicans want. So he's going to be a, if he if he does run for president, he's going to be a fairly good contender, I would guess, to in the primary. Um, and he's going to give Republicans that chant that choice finally to to openly because like everyone else is like I use marijuana and I you know all these other like Obama Bush Clinton I use marijuana and I'm not proud of it he's not saying that that's not what he's gonna say he's saying he's we've listened to him many times on the show he's very pro marijuana especially medical marijuana and um, he's gonna give Republicans that choice potentially in a primary which I think is huge for marijuana in general I really think it might make a difference to a lot of conservatives who've been brainwashed by um, the 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 federal government's you know anti pot agenda for years he's gonna he's gonna just by running for president even if he doesn't even make it through the primary I think have an impact on on the minds of, uh, of a lot of conservatives on that issue so um, uh, I don't really want to get into his all of his other politics too much though so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll skip yeah. on that Okay, well, we got an idea for, I think this might be a continuing segment of the show, and, or at least a continuing list that we'd like to compile here. Um, speaking of cannabis manners, or cannabis etiquette, if you will. Ooh, you think, a new segment. Nice. Yeah, what do you think? Very you nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so so check it out. Um, so, you know some things yeah, that like you've heard of. Bogarting that, or which direction to pass the joint, right? To the left. Yeah, yeah. The, I know. Yep. Follow that. Some of those are a little <laughs> more philosophical. Yeah, but you live in Humboldt, yeah. though. That's stupid. <laughs> like, we go across and whatever and all that. Like, yeah. uh, uh, but why Why to the left? Seriously. I have no idea. Why Ross to the is, left? Because you got to pick one direction. Pally's past why? Left. Why can't you just go all over? I don't over? know what that means. I don't know. Because everyone's got to get their toke, man. That's right. Because in other places, there's just not that much good weed it around. it counters the typical culture of going to the right. Are you allowed to hit it more than once? If it's a blunt, you can puff puff pass, right? Yeah. Well, puff see, puff we'll, pass. This is <laughs> my proposal. I propose we would stick just with the ones that are more practical. That makes sense. Okay. Like just, you know, if you're rude or something, then that's not cool. What's that mean? What's rude? Like uh, Bogart in the joint. Yeah, that one's different. It's not like which direction you pass. That's not going to really hurt anybody. But, uh, but it's a rule, but, right? It's supposed to go to the left. Most people know this. Stoner, stoner law or not? Stoner etiquette? I don't is, know. Is it, yeah, it doesn't have to be rude to be etiquette because, like, etiquette yeah, right. is still like, like, which, which, which side of the plate does your fork go on? Right? Like, that's like, right. 
Yeah. Trueness. So it's not all etiquette. It's about it's. So what are we talking about here then? Do 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 do. Stoner rules. Oh. Politeness. Rules, guidelines. Guidelines. Suggestions. Etiquette, ways. Rules of, of thumb. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we started with passing it to the left. I think this is just stupid, but. I guess it makes sense if you live in a place where you don't have a lot of good weed and you've got good weed and you want to make sure that everyone gets equal access to the Especially weed. Especially with a big group. But then how do you determine green hits and all that? How, so how does that work? So you got a group of five people uh-huh. and you're only going to smoke two bowls. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Who gets the green hit? Who's packing the bowl? Five people. Meaning they bought the weed? No, no, no. no. They, they decide who gets the bowl. They get to vote on it? No, 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 no. The person who packs the bowl passes the bowl to whoever is... Oh, the packer. Know, the packer The decides. packer is the uh-huh. chooser. Yeah. The bowl packer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. I differ. You differ? Well, I do. Uh, how do you, what would do. you do, Jamie? Because that's one of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves, torching a whole bowl in the process of one hit. I'm not suggesting and, that by any means. And you could, like, you could like break that into five green hits oh that's one of my things too there's certain people that no matter those, what they're gonna hit whenever they get the pipe or the bong they're always gonna light gonna it again it always <laughs> gonna light it again yeah, yeah. that's true and from there on it tastes like ass but yeah. wait a minute why can't you just throw it out and load yourself a new one okay mr humboldt <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work damn um okay <laughs> yeah well in illinois you might have had to look for it for like three hours or- <laughs> He might, three days. he might end up on the corner for trying to buy the. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sucks, dude. So, so much for doing one of these a week, huh? Oh, man. This is, there's a lot to there this, are, actually. Yeah. We could write a whole book on this, probably. I bet, um, bet some of our listeners have questions, too, or ideas, uh, yes, comments, suggestions. Send them. Well, info yeah. at cannabisagenda.com. This is a huge thing. Overhandling the bud. What do you mean by that? Who put that Man, in there? You, it, you, cannabis, the, the glands and all that, it, it, whenever it's all done and harvested, that's some delicate stuff. And you shouldn't really smash them or, or just distort them or disrupt them or break them in any way. You know, you should treat it really delicately. Overhanding, overhandling the bud damages the quality of, your, of the bud and thus the quality of your experience. What's overhandling to you then? Um, I think that you... This is kind of a general rule of thumb that I use, and, and it, there's two parts of it, but it's it's the other one has to do with torching a bowl. It goes, um, touch what you'll use, which means only touch what you'll use. Like if I'm going to load a bowl or a couple bowls, I'll just pinch off that much, you know, generally, you know, here or there, and then like put that aside and not just like keep grabbing stuff. So people just will grab the bud and they'll turn it around and look at it all and they're all handling it and f- they're like fingering it like it's some kind of a big gemstone or something, which it's really not. It's really not, you know? And uh, we break all these rules, dude. We break all of the rules. We do. And the other one is uh, only light what you're, <laughs> only light what you'll smoke. So, like, if you're just going to take one hit, then only light one hit's worth in the bowl. So, like, just a little flame. <laughs> And like then yeah. the, then the flame off of it. And no, just, it has to do with where you approach the bowl from with the flame. So start so on the corner. Like, start on the yeah, corner. You light the flame. You just go to the bowl slowly, and then right when you get to the edge, right when that flame first starts getting over there, it'll just burn. But it'll burn enough in a big bowl packed full of good buds anyway, and you'll get a you'll get a huge hit. It'll just burn down in one like area, so it leaves the rest green. You can get you can get four or five people getting a green hit on a bowl that way, huh? For sure. Four quarters. You could do your quarter light. 
you know, you want your top and left. You have to be patient with this kind of stuff because it can get, you know, it can make you upset sometimes when you have all these people that know how to do that. And then there's always this one person that has no clue and they just light the entire bowl right when you hand it to them. <laughs> they just torch, they, they flick the Bic lighter and just shoot all that shit everywhere. And they're like, <laughs> and you're like, and do, you ever, do you lecture people on this? No. No. You just, <laughs> no. But it's like, oh, you go, now it's going to taste like ass. So we should write the book. And then whenever someone breaks, you know, the the little hand guide, stoner etiquette, and you just hand it to them. You're like, hey, dude, you need to read this. Okay. Right. Uh, So what's up with Puff Puff Pass? So what is bogarting? Yeah, that's a great one we can dissect briefly. What do you think about that? I think my take is originally it was like you're supposed to puff and then pass and puff. But that's like one puff mechanical and ridiculous. And sometimes you naturally just don't smoke that way. People don't, you know, they relax. They just kind of have their rhythm and it comes to you. And then you like take a puff and check it out really good. And then, just, you know, kind of like, relax. That's the fifties white, white guy way of smoking pot. Right. Right. Like and then, <laughs> and yeah, the joints yeah. like going around like super fast and you barely yeah. even have time to stop coughing before it's back to you again. And you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. and, and exactly we used to right. hold it with our, t- with our, with our thumb and our pointer finger, <laughs> you know, and uh, instead yeah. of like a, like a, a cigarette, like a cigarette, uh-huh. you know, and then once you've become more mature, you start to hold your joints like a cigarette. Huh? But it, it's supposed to be a relaxing thing, right? Yep. Like, so it's not supposed to be all like about like, oh, oh, that was too big of a hit. It's, it's chill, man. It's chill. You're puffing. Right. You and know, there's so, a difference between people that are bogarting and people that are like just relaxing with it. I mean, that's, so that's where the puff, puff pass comes. And that's a good gauge. Puff, so puff. So now we move to puff, old, puff. Yeah. You can just remember puff, puff. That's two. So we, I puff. We, and then I puffed, and then I pass it to the next person. We break that rule, too. Um, Let's say they're puff puffing. Y- yeah, so here's how I feel about this. I guess I guess when you're in a so – th- so now we're starting to have to break these down regionally. Like, well, you yeah. live in you uh, you live in eastern Ohio <laughs> where there's barely any good weed, so mm-hmm. you still have to puff. One puff, and you do have to – always has to go to the left because you don't have yeah. a lot of good weed. So, boom. You puffed it. Give it here, man. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but then you, like, come to Cali, and it's like, there's no oh, rules, man. man. Like that at all. There's no <laughs> rules, man, to smoke that shit. And uh, the, the bogarting thing, I remember back in the days of high school, I did have a couple friends that would bogart blunts because blunts – when you'd smoke blunts, that's when you were like joints. You're st- the rule was one puff pass. That was it. Blunts, you were like allowed to puff puff pass. But then you'd see your friends that would puff 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 plat pass, and you're like, dude. And it would always be the same dude. Yeah. <coughs> the same dude would bogart the bogart the blunt. That's not cool, right. man. That's not cool. Yeah. Don't bark bogart my mexi weed. What's up? <laughs> What's up with that? I got one for you. What? When should you when you should share your your bud with somebody? What do you mean? When's is it appropriate to offer? To so offer cool just to like bust out a bowl and smoke and like a and stranger that you don't know if they smoke? Is that what you mean? Um in a general sense, yeah. You should always do that if you know the person. You should always <sighs> never do that if you don't know them. See, this is difficult for around. regional this again, we're getting into there's a lot of differences all throughout the country. There's differences with who you are and how you are. Um, you know, like for you, Jamie, you know, you you're gonna be very careful about who you just bust bowls out with and stuff. Me, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm probably just gonna smoke it. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm probably going to be the one smoking. And if they want some, then they're going to ask for some. Or if they are staring at me while I'm smoking, I'm going to be like, oh, you, you want some? <laughs> do you want some? <laughs> you know? But yeah, I mean, like, like you have to be careful. You know, like in Illinois, you got to be careful about someone being a narc or like getting you in trouble or helping or hurt, you know, hurting your job possibilities or your position in school or whatever. Right. So it's it's so regional. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that sharing weed whenever you want to enjoy weed if you feel like you're in a safe place to enjoy weed um and and you're going to enjoy it don't enjoy it by yourself if the people around you want to want to share it too so you know this is a good segment we're gonna have to cover that we're gonna get we're gonna get we want to hear from from our from the listeners on this one this is this is a this is a cool segment it's a really good idea jamie i like it yeah and what do you think about this one particular for the listeners and you as well i'm asking you but but for the listeners what do you let us know what you think about this is there ever a time when you people can kind of make rude assumptions about other people's weed absolutely happens around here all the time (laughs) like I'm, You're I'm, like, wait a minute, where do you get into the position where I'm automatically going to smoke some buds with you right now just because of the, I don't know. And by assumptions, do you mean, oh, you mean, can Whatever, you, in a general uh, sense. Okay, so you're talking about like, assuming that someone has to smoke their weed with you. Uh-huh. That's a big deal where you live because mm-hmm. you've got a finite you know, like, quantity. you jackass, man. That You're like, dude, I have a gram and it has to last me for like six months. You know, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would guess that that's, uh, that's probably an issue, but, um, you know, I don't know. Now, what, what did you think, Pot, when I thought you were talking about talking shit on people's weed? That's what I thought too. Oh. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Ugh, like they hit your joint and they're like, that's ah, that's harsh, it's bad. Ugh. What is, what oh. is that? And you're like, man, I grew that shit. <laughs> rude that's rude assessments yes <laughs> yeah. exactly you're 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 talking assumptions like assuming that i have to share my weed with you yeah assuming that, yeah or whatever yeah just making an assumption not communicating or being like you know people don't have like you might say hey dude it's kind of a sketchy place where you live i wouldn't have any traffic there man if you're gonna just get some buds every once in a while you can just have them come to my place right you know just for a security thing yeah, but yeah, but they might think, "Well, I don't want to do that," because then he's going to expect that they can smoke every time I do that. Sure, which is stupid because that's a rude assumption. I mean, totally. Just a, I just made that whole scenario, <laughs> but uh, that's that's you know to make an example of what a rude assumption is. What I mean by that, yeah, I think that's you know, and I tell people, "Look, dude, I'm just a vessel. I'm just like kind of pro cannabis, and I, I think it's goofy if you get in trouble for that. And I just think there's a high potential that you might get in trouble with the way that your whole setup, the way your door is, or you know, whatever the situation. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I got some. You know, so I have to communicate those things because people won't let you help them out or cooperate with them a lot of the time because they're worried that there's some catch." Yeah, there's very few, very few, there's very few people that I just take, like, roll up their weed without even asking, like, Mm -hmm. very few, (laughs) you know, um, now that one's pretty cut and dry, I think, that you shouldn't do that, should, I think, I don't think it's any different whatsoever, um, from chocolate cake. Or lettuce. You gotta ask. <laughs> That's what you it's need. my freaking lettuce, man. What if it's my favorite kind of lettuce? I just got this shit and it took me forever. And, and they my, did, my my boy Hodge from down at the market got it special in from Korea. <laughs> and I'm like all stoked. 
Or it's the yeah. end of the season and it's the last, you know, it's the last like good watermelon you're going to get. And it's like the rest yeah. of them will be coming in from Mexico. Just always and you're like, ask, you know, yep. I live in a, in a, in a place where, you know, there's a lot of condos and shit and there's like a big basement, you know, that everybody, it's like a com- big, like one single big basement in the building. And I've got a really nice washer and dryer and stuff, you know, and a couple of the tenants don't really seem to have anything down there. And I'm like, I found it was set on different things that I'd never use one day. And I thought, you know what? I'm the guy. Anybody that knows me, I'd be like, sure, man. Shit, dude, just get your stuff, man. Wash your stuff. But but just ask. I was like, just ask. It's just, it's so like, what is that? Tacky, like classless to not do that. Yeah, I agree. You know? I've got, I've had, I've had a few, a few gypsies just roll my shit up whenever they feel like it never even ask and excuse me <laughs> i'm looking at one right now but you i think you've got permission to, to do that <laughs> yeah, actually. you were on the show too i didn't want to ask uh, yeah <laughs> um fa la 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 i like that segment we'll, yeah, yeah we'll we'll get back to that one in the future i have a feeling people are going to ring in on this one forever so yeah i did it's uh, great deck those halls what what do we what got going on here what, God, deck the halls. i can only imagine i can only kind of imagine what kind of christmas tree we're talking about here what are we talking about this is a fun one too we got an audio of it we'll check out in just a sec but uh so just to preface this is the police in germany were questioning a drug suspect when they noticed that his christmas tree um, was a seven foot tall marijuana plant. Fuck yeah, dude. Decorated with lights. <laughs> Love it, he dude. Had, he told officers he had planned to decorate it with ornaments and spread presents underneath it. He said, quote, according to tradition. <laughs> nice. Awesome. That's so <laughs> rad. Let's hear this clip. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Steve Inskeep. A young person told me yesterday that a Christmas tree is a Santa compass. But a German man's Christmas tree had an entirely different kind of navigation. Police were questioning a drug suspect when they noticed his Christmas tree. It was a seven-foot-tall marijuana plant decorated with lights. The man told officers he planned to decorate it with ornaments later and spread presents underneath according to tradition. Very nice. to Morning Edition. Stavinsky. That's all I can ever think whenever he's... This is Stavinsky. <laughs> it's Steve Insky. <laughs> Steve Insky, but Stavinsky. <laughs> he's like a he's like a, a, a composer. Stavinsky. The modern day Stavinsky. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. I think I like that yeah, idea. Dude. I really it's like that idea. idea. I think that should be a new tradition. Jamie, it's you all the cannabis culture. You win the huh? clip you win the clip finding contest this week. Yep, that was the best clip. That was it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, you know what I need? A big giant super. Uh, no, no. Northern Lights number haze times five because they're enormous and they would hold tons of full size ornaments and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> they're intense. They're intense, dude. Like get the biggest Arnold Schwarzenegger guy ever. Like he, that's this plant. Pretty much in every way, shape, and form. By the way. Ah. Uh. I could, my impromptu I think I strain. Could, I think I could make that work. I'm like looking around, like how could I do that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> nice, cool. All right, that was, dude. You just that, those are two two straight segments. Jamie, hurrah! We got to give him a ding. Can't put me on the spot like that. I put him on the spot for the ding. Come on, mix master. (laughs) All right, East Coast scoop. What's going on in Jersey? Well, you know, we we were really excited because um, there was this almost 
indiscernible uh, increment of give of leeway in Governor Christie's uh, mar- medical marijuana rules, um, and we were happy because at least you know we weren't satisfied necessarily by any means, but we were happy because at least they were making some progress and getting these things started. Because their medical marijuana program cannot be in effect until they get this all hashed out and make it official. So the problem is that these patients are going without, and that's what this is all about in the first place. Um, so we were excited that the House had passed this uh, a deal with Christie. Um, for the new changes. Um, but the Senate, as reported, um, did block it, and they, uh, they've considered defying um, him over his plans to uh, regulate this more strictly um, than lawmakers say they envisioned when they voted to allow pot for to some patients. Um, so I don't know how this is going to pan out. This is another one of those. Like, we have what like three or four different stories that we're covering right now that are just ongoing sagas. Yeah. And this one's depressing. Next, to me. Yeah. It's a bummer. This one's stupid, man. Cause and it's mostly Christie governor Christie's fault. I, honestly, I think most of it is because I mean, we're going to have a medical uh, cannabis program and we're not going to offer any medical cannabis. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also, what was the governor's name? I mean, it was also the former governor that wanted to get this legislation rammed through right before he left office and didn't even consider that, hey, this is a really shitty bill. Right. I think what their their hopes were, and it was perhaps quite short-sighted of them, but I think what they were thinking was, look, when this guy gets in, this is never going to get passed. Um, and we don't know how long that's going to be. So it, for at least that long, it's a no-go for sure. And we've been trying for so long um, to no avail and just in desperation to try to help these people because we believe in what, this type of legislation. I think that's what where they were coming from. So they shoved it on in there and said, well, this is potentially disastrous, but certainly better than what we would have had, you know, Otherwise, good intentions yet short-sighted. I don't know. The longer and longer we sit here and cover New Jersey's med pot, the more and more I think they just need (laughs) to scrap it and start over. Because, I mean, not a lot's going on over there. I don't know. You know, I mean, they could take our proposed rules. It was very restrictive but functional. We're not using it right now. Yeah, I'm not so sure about your guys' rules either, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, they actually are (laughs) over-restricted. You're right. What's going on in Vermont, other than it being cold, cold, cold? And beautiful and beautiful and beautiful. Well, and this is the one, what it is. It's sensible. That's the good thing. Um, A Vermont representative, you know, and this is coming from the MPP blog, by the way. Mm Got to give him some some props out there. Uh, Mike Mino. says uh, a Vermont representative unveiled new data yesterday, which was December 10th. So I guess, um, what does that put us, like last Thursday? At the beginning of last weekend, um, there was some new data um, that was unveiled um, that the Green Mountain State spends more than $700,000 annually to prosecute small-time marijuana offenders. Um, Calling such expenditures wasteful and ineffective, Representative Jason P. Lorber the Democrat from Burlington said he plans to introduce legislation that would decriminalize the possession of up to one ounce of marijuana, meaning it would no longer be a criminal misdemeanor requiring prosecution, but rather a civil infraction similar to a parking ticket. Like, you know, we know a lot of places around the country have these now under Vermont's current law. The maximum penalty for possession of up to two ounces of marijuana is six months in prison and a $500 fine. Um, 13 other States 
well, this one isn't actually um, part of that that story, but um, yeah, so it looks pretty cool. If you recall earlier in this year, MPP backed uh, Democrat and uh, Cannabis Agenda backed pretty much uh, Democrat as well. Peter Schumlin um, won in a, a successful bid for governor, um, largely because of his vocal support for decriminalizing uh, marijuana. So they're all ready to go and work together on this thing. So it should be fun to watch Vermont. And uh, I guess it's winter time now there. So um, yeah, I didn't know this, but apparently it's cold up there, dude. Gorgeousness is not all that right now. I guess it's still pretty, but it's just a, just a hunk of freaking winter disaster. But uh, in this fall, oh my god, I heard so many people talk about how great it was in Vermont. Yeah, I got to get up there and check that area out. You guys know what uh, winter brings? What nutmeg? Nutmeg? We yeah, got- <laughs> you know you had eggnog and you had some nutmeg. Oh, all right, we're gonna so we're gonna go straight to nutmeg and yeah. topics worth barely even our time. All right, we'll end it up with the the, the the discussion topic up there at the end of the segment. But yeah, let's check out the yeah. nutmeg. What's going on with nutmeg? <laughs> so we covered a nutmeg story. Yeah, I checked it out. Episode number twenty. Whoa, half yeah, our life ago. Totally, a long time ago. Uh huh. And right. uh, yeah, I just remember that, and I heard this story. So check. nutmeg, man, it's really good for you. It's so high right now, nutmeg. <laughs> this is out of KTLA from uh, Los Angeles. Is there any substance people will not abuse? Well, believe it or not, people are raiding kitchen spice cabinets in search of a cheap high. And I'm talking about nutmeg here. But instead of sprinkling it on cakes or cappuccinos, people are grinding it up and snorting it. Lou Parker has more tonight from Palmdale. Well, believe it or not, it is easy access. Who doesn't have nutmeg in their home? But now that easy access is tempting teenagers. She said, you know, you can get high off of this 15-year-old Palmdale teen didn't want to share her identity, but she revealed to KTLA how teenagers are now turning to nutmeg to get high. How did yeah. she take it? She just went and cut. Yes, the popular kitchen spice, if taken in high doses, can actually give your child a marijuana-like buzz and in some cases act like a hallucinogenic. The first thing I heard was, I don't want to overdose and alarms went off in my head. I'm just this week, the teen's mom says she busted yeah, her daughter after week. her phone was accidentally dialed. Just this dialed. week. Listening Five in on the conversation, ago. she heard the two teens discussing a substance. You, you pick it up on I remember the story. The buzz. Oh, no. Oh, my. No, this is not good. They ran the story. The whole nutmeg, no, the nutmeg. Jamie, do you remember okay. this? Do you remember? That story yeah. is precisely the same story the that we, yeah, that yeah. we ran like six months ago. So I went back and I dug the clip up. So let's listen to the old clip. You guys want to hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is six months ago, yeah. about five months ago. Something totally. Like Believe it or not, it is easy access. Who doesn't have nutmeg same in reporter. their home? But now that wow, easy exactly access is tempting thing. teenagers. She said, you know, you can get high off of nutmeg. Same. This 15-year-old we should send her, we should send her an identity, email. What's your fucking deal with nutmeg? Just, what's your nutmeg, your nutmeg campaign? How does yeah. she take it? She just went and she cut. Yes, the popular kitchen. It's just been repackaged, though. It's crazy. What's your what's your dealio with uh, holiday spices? KTLA has a thing against nutmeg. The first thing I heard was, <laughs> I don't want to overdose. She hates those and spices. alarms went off in my head. I'm just this week, the teen's mom overdose? said she busted yeah, her daughter nutmeg. after her phone was accidentally... Same interview, same... <laughs> so here's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Joe! 
How would you not sneeze and sneeze and sneeze after snorting nutmeg, dude? Freaking nutmeg up your nose. Yeah, so shame on you, KTLA. What the hell is their deal with nutmeg? I bet. Well, you know, I bet they got they got this from somewhere else. Like they, uh, uh, someone sent them the video of this girl. She's be, you know, she's like all disguised. You know, you can't see her face. And uh, yeah, and I. I mean, I bet surely they the reporter remembers. No, an associator as a chronic she just, nutmeg user. She had to come up with a story. It's it's the holiday season, you know. Just pull this one off the shelf, put a couple, uh, you know, new new. She she rewrote it slightly. There are different words here and there, but the interviews are all the same. Fear, but they hid the kid. It's a conspiracy, it's man. Or, yeah. I guess they had to because the kids would be brutal. The federal government like, wants to outlaw like, nutmeg that because it's in everyone's cabinet and then they can arrest anyone they want. So what's up with that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. True. You know what I'd like to know? I've never even gotten high off of nutmeg and I've gotten high off of a lot of different things. Not mutton nutmeg though. We should try it. No. Where are the anthropologists at when they're, when, when they're looking at this stuff? I mean, there has to be several areas of science that would potentially have a specialist in this area that could show how human behavior dictates. It's just naturally that we have a drive to alter our consciousness. Right, with whatever we can find, sure. Things- and it's just in here, it's just if you're a human being and you're coherent and conscious, then you have that to some degree. Yeah, I can't believe that. I, I mean, I tried smoking banana. But this is what we talked about. I, it's so <laughs> I remember, you know, I, I tried smoking oh, banana is- pills and all sorts of stupid stuff because I didn't. We were out of weed, but um, you know, like when I was a kid, wow. and uh, but nutmeg, man, I didn't know that. I'd have chopped up a bunch of lines as a t- bored teenager, yeah. probably. <laughs> This is, this is one of the, and see, the thing about this is, is it probably doesn't even get you high. It probably is one, this is one of those yeah, banana really peel myths. I don't, I don't smoke a banana I loved it on, I loved it on various uh, cul- cul- culinary delights, mm-hmm. like holiday um, dishes of all varieties. And like then the desserts, you know, like, oh man, it was so good. Mm, yeah, nutmeg's awesome. And I knew that it did have a potential abuse factor going on but i i i fought the urge successfully to ever try it so you I still enjoy it immensely on some of my you knew you know, that it had you knew that it was psychedelic man yeah a long time ago. well the way that we put it was you could get a buzz off this oh okay so it's not so this is definitely a topic barely worth any of our time, yet it's made uh, the show twice. It was the title of one of our episodes. It could be <laughs> something to do with the title of this it episode. Made and, it made my uh, life. This lady in down time. in KTLA, obviously, really, really. <laughs> we should get her on the show. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What's your deal with nutmeg? Well, I had this really bad experience as a high school in high school with nutmeg. And I'm going to send her an email. I, I, she's not going to come on, but I'm going to send her. An email <laughs> do it um all right so that that's barely worth any of our time but we've covered it a bunch what about this issue <laughs> this is i think you no matt this was your issue people who don't get high the first time they smoke pot what is up with that we all all stoners have heard this yeah what is up with that <laughs> so many people are yeah, like i, I didn't know. get high my first time or you're not gonna get high your first time i got high my first time i already knew how to inhale when i first I smoked did. yeah and I got high, yeah, real high. 
um, off swag. So, yeah. Wow. Did you get high your first time, Jamie? That's a legitimate amount of time, a span of time that you're referring to there. <laughs> but uh came back with my strongest binocular effect, retro. <laughs> um, let me see. I don't know for a positive if I did or not, tell you the truth. I can tell you the first time I did get high. Okay. I definitely. But you I don't know that was remember. your first time. You can't, can no longer remember and if that, that was your first time smoking. That's the first smoking. time I tried. Yeah. Um, I think the first time I didn't do much and I went home because I was under that impression that you don't get high your first time because uh-huh. we had heard that back then. Right. And so prior to my ever getting high in my life, I had heard that. So I anticipated that. And I think that affects your outcome. That is. Yeah. You won't get high if you're smoking oregano. Guarantee that. (laughs) Did you do that before you smoked pot? I'm pretty sure I smoked oregano the first time I smoked pot. (laughs) I see. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of the times I smoked pot, I smoked really bad pot. Uh Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm pretty much just thinking people don't know how to inhale properly i don't know get it because they can't you have to release yourself to what's happening and just allow allow the cannabis to if to willfully ingest it and a lot of people with their first time getting high they probably only take a couple tokes and a lot of people their first time getting high probably smoke really bad weed the first time they smoke Mm -hmm. weed so i was gonna say as well they should but that was only in the first case you know, maybe they shouldn't puff too tough. Yeah, they don't have like out. one quitter, one hit or quitter stuff. They got like you know, like Bogart this blunt type stuff, and maybe you'll yeah. get high. You know, nasty, uh, nasty, barely worth any of our time. But if you got an opinion on it, send it in. Let us know your stories. Uh, info at com. Did you get high your first time? Why or why not? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hot in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I want to thank Staley for these scoops today. Um, uh, well, I'm in Washington State. Washington State. He sent me a story about a drug war um, tragedy in Snoqualmie. Snoqualmie? Snoqualmie? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I'm going to try my best not to pronounce that anymore. The rest of them. One more time for everybody. <laughs> Snoqualmie? Snoqualmie. Let, let me know how I did. Snoqualmie. Walla Walla. Walla Walla Washington. I love Walla Walla Washington. They got some great place names there. <laughs> so... On the morning, this, this is an old story. It did not get a lot of media attention. They kind of buried it, um, but uh, oh. it's coming out now. And this blog I'm looking at, you can you can check out the obviously at our at, on the, at in, um, at cannabisagenda.com. You can go to our site and you can click on this and read this if you want to. Um, on the morning of Saturday, June 19th of this year, 2010, two mm-hmm. Snoqualmie um, cops sh- showed <laughs> up at the home of uh, Jeff Reuter. Uh, he's a 33 year old medical marijuana <laughs> patient. Type. And uh, the officers were there expecting Reuter to help him in their attempts to prosecute a man who claims he was Reuter's designated uh, caregiver, um, a former Snoqualmie businessman named uh, Brian Gabriel. Bless you. (laughs) Instead, instead, the police. Okay, so let's get on. the. This is somber, dude. Instead, the cops found Reuter's housemate. uh, uh, They found the dude dead of. uh, Oh, my God. In his bedroom, um, he was an epilept, epile, epileptic, um, and he had a violent <laughs> seizure over um, over that evening and uh, banged his head on his table and died. Um, so here's where this is all. So this is relating to pot. Um, 
Jeff, the the guy that's Brian Gabriel, the guy that was supposedly Jeff uh, Reuters uh, caregiver. Um, the cops are kind of after after him there. He was a, he's a young guy in his twenties. He owned like a tanning salon in a in a fitness center there, and was also a, a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, the cops were after him in uh, two thousand nine. Uh, they. Uh, told him he was picked up by two undercover cops that claimed that they had uh, seen him conduct a drug deal in Covington several months earlier. He said that the, the these charges were totally bogus. They didn't push any uh, charges related to that for a long time, but then they went after him in another way, and uh, they eventually um, they eventually somehow got this guy uh this guy Reuter to um to kind of to to cooperate with them and he texted them to texted the his caregiver to bring him 4 ounces and even though um the caregiver was uh, kind of weirded out by his text and the way that it was written and everything they brought him 4 ounces anyway and uh um they were then they were they were arrested there on the spot um even though this dude was his caregiver he had signed notarized documentation that he was his caregiver et cetera et cetera they arrested him anyway they confiscated the car that was the like his his some girl drove him there uh, confiscated that car they went to his house and confiscated uh like six more ounces so they took 10 10 total ounces from this guy and uh they didn't find any money other than the money that was involved in the 4 ounce deal <clears throat> so um <laughs> here's here's what uh <sighs> He was uh when uh here's one of those other SWAT team stories. So they text this dude. This they text this dude and he's they tell him to bring over the four ounces and he mm-hmm. shows up and there's like full on SWAT team there ready to arrest him. <laughs> Super necessary, huh? The um, evil, deadly, yeah, awful, horrifying four ounces. Right. Um he he they fought this in court. Dude <laughs> did get this thrown out. Um the the cops were ordered to give him his pot back. They said they would not. They refused to give him his pot back. Um they said that they were because they were they needed it for evidence on other charges they were going to push against him, which after all these charges were dropped, they did finally try to push charges on him on the other supposed where a cop saw him dealing. They pushed charges there. Uh, eventually the cops did have to give this dude his his um his money back i mean his weed back but it wasn't it, it was it was after um his patient um had died uh and the cops were going there again to um try and get him to cooperate more and probably try to get him deeper you know deeper into you know like narking on this dude or whatever uh and epilepsy apparently stress is a large a big factor in epilepsy trigger yeah yeah Absolutely. it triggers the seizures and his Number parents one. of this guy think that the stress of all this is what caused him to have that mega mega seizure that night um and uh, this is just a really sad story. We covered something, another story s- somewhat similar to this about some kid that killed himself, you know, suicide due to the pressure of cops and stuff. And man, marijuana is, really is so benign to be doing all this crap. This is where we're going with this again. Like SWAT teams, and undercover investigations and getting people to narc Fully on each clad. other and rat on each other and, you know, stressing out people with health problems. On. with fully clad commandos yeah dude it's it's this What's is that? this just this just sucks it sucks um here's another story from washington that sucks uh 
Oh, it sucks too. It sucks too. Um, Double suck, man. What's up with that? <laughs> that so this guy, William Kurtz, um, a 58-year-old um, spastic paraplegic in a wheelchair, oh. was growing 42 pot plants. Um, cops came in, busted him. He did not have his medical. Did not have his medical card in the state of Washington. Um, so they arrested him, seized all this stuff. Uh, the court found that, um, the jail, they would, they convicted him of a felony. Um, his attorneys and his doctors tried to submit all sorts of paperwork saying, look, this guy needs medical marijuana, you know, like he's using it for medicine. There's no evidence that he was selling part, man. Oh yeah. I know. I've had back spasms. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Um, so good. It works so effective with those. Uh, that's all I had when it first happened, when my back, one of my back injury occurred at first and it, it totally, you know, got me through. So, um, but yeah, so there's no evidence this guy was selling weed or anything like that. He was using it for medicine, um, it appears. And uh, they tried to go into court and say, look, this guy needs med- Well, he's not registered, bam. So black and white, they convicted him of felony. They charged him, they uh, fined him $4,000 and they um, did not put him in jail. Instead, he, they put him on house arrest and the $4,000 fine, they put him in jail because they didn't think the jail was suited for him um, and his uh, his condition. But uh, medical, but they still charged him with a felony. So here... And a SWAT oh team was God. suitable. A SWAT team was suitable. I know that was the last story huh oh, this guy didn't get SWAT team I don't know if he got SWAT teamed it doesn't talk about any but sw- still arrested over a guy that obvious so here's here's where we get into this recommendation nonsense okay so you know you can get your medical marijuana in most states but you've got to go to a doctor and they've got to recommend it I just don't agree. I think that's just, you know, and then we always are covering these stories about this business is shut down because they were doing Skype interviews to get your recommendation or the, the mo in Montana, the mobile, the mobile recommendation units are no longer valid. Look, marijuana is useful for like hundreds of common ailments. It can be used for very severe illnesses all the way down to very minor daily, you know, things that are just kind of like a headache or whatever, you know, or a lack of sleep or, or, or whatever. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I think the recommendation thing sucks because this could happen to someone that did have medical. So what if he had medical marijuana, but then like had let it elapse six months? I mean, the same thing. They're just being black and white. Like Mm -hmm. if you're using Weed I think this should be defensible in that case because you can show that your condition, you know, didn't improve. Well, what about in this guy's case? I mean, he's using it for spastic paraplegia. Like, I mean, that's a serious condition. You're trying to convict him of I mean, a I felony. Think, didn't we have a story somewhere, um, somewhere along the way that where they they make it contingent upon certain conditions where they know there's no cure and it's progressive illness, then they'll just make it a one-time thing. Uh oh! You mean like you can get a lifetime recommendation or whatever? Yeah, I know, they're doing that in California now. I know some people are. I've heard people talking about it. I'm not sure where to find them or whatever, and and I don't know if we had a story about it or whatnot. But uh, come on, seriously? Like it's justified to throw people in jail who are using? See, there's a thing. If you're using, ah, I'm just we've just got a long way to go. 
that's all I got to say. We got a long way to go, man. Lettuce is nowhere near. We're still working on it. So still working on it. Still working on it. Okay, so on to a slightly more optimistic um, story from thank goodness Washington. Could Washington be the first state to legalize marijuana? Um, yeah, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. But yay for that thought. So here's what's <laughs> going on. Sensible Washington. Uh, first of all, we need to. Um, we really need to uh, talk with someone from Sensible Washington at some point. That would be uh, that'd be a really really good idea. Um, but they're moving forward and they want to get it on the November 2011 ballot. That's right. Mm, Washington has a 2011 election. Ah, so they could be just by default just because of their timing, their scheduling. Yeah. Their polling numbers up there are very favorable. Again, though, 2011 would be a non-presidential year. So you'd be having an older voter. Probably my guess is good luck with that. But if it works sweet, you know, because it'll take off the pressure in the 2012 elections of it being such a big deal, first time sort of thing mm-hmm. where that would be good probably for Colorado or, or California or any other state that's Nevada that's moving moving towards initiatives in 2012. Um, but here's what's going on. Here's so, so <laughs> another thing is, is that they're talking about in this story here is it may not even make it to that. There's a potential that Washington legislatures, legislators are going to start working on a legalization, a real legalization bill here soon. Um, according to um, Representative Mary Lou Dickerson, she plans on introducing the legislation next year that would legalize, regulate, and tax it. Um, she says, quote, we have been wasting scores of millions of dollars in arresting and jailing people who have done nothing more than smoke marijuana recreationally. That has ended up harming people and costing taxpayers tremendously. So it's a very high cost to individuals and to taxpayers. It's a wrongheaded policy and simply needs to be changed. I am dead serious about this, she said. We need to get her on here. Um, but what's going on is, is that there may be a legislative push. So if your state's going to inevitably, if you're a politician, and you believe that your state is soon and inevitably going to legalize marijuana and you like having control over how things are, you know, how laws are written, wouldn't you maybe just want to write the law yourself and pass it before the before the public gets to do it on the ballot? Don't you think? I think. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I think it's a real possibility that they could do this. I think there's I, I still think there's a possibility in California that this could happen. Awesome. Um, but um, I think there's a likelihood that it'll happen, but I think it's certainly a realistic possibility. It's a possibility. I don't think it's a likelihood either. It takes politicians. I wouldn't forever. be surprised if Denver, if Colorado didn't come booming out of this thing. Booming, yeah. You mean like in legalized in 2012? Legalized 2012. Those are yeah. initiatives. It kicked yeah. off the day after um, Prop 19 ended. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, it looks like in 2012 we'll have legalization on in. in California, it'll be in Washington if it doesn't pass in 2011. It'll be in, in Nevada and Colorado. That's four, there'll be four states, four of them, you know, um, and a presidential year. So I think it's, I, th- I think we've, you know, it's likely going to happen in 2012. But uh, this would be interesting to see if, if someone could pull it off before then. And it would be interesting if Washington did it because they've kind of been off the map as far as being the first state to uh, to legalize marijuana. And they're putting themselves back on there. Um, but, yeah, ba- polling numbers show like 56% of voters supporting uh, legalizing marijuana in Washington. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, 
Interesting. Uh, yep, that's, uh, that's some good stuff. That is. Speaking of Colorado, we've got a rocky. We've got some Rocky Mountain High for you, huh? Yeah, this is about some good stuff, isn't it? I think so. Some ganja mm-hmm. gourmet, some tasty stuff. Nice. Tasty. Some edibles. Got a clip too. <laughs> Places that had a place to chill and meet people, and none of them had an emphasis on food. A new restaurant in Denver, Colorado, specializes in dishes like lasagna and jambalaya, but you may not be able to get a reservation. You see, to get into the ganja gourmet, you need a medical marijuana card, and it'll set you back. What we'd like them to do is come sit at the bar and give us their order, and then if they want to choose a table, they could choose a table, they could sit on the couch, and we'll bring the food to them. A dozen lemon meringue tartlets here will cost you about 125 bucks. Lasagna, uh, hummus and pita, uh, pizzas, um, but we also serve desserts like cheesecakes, brownies, and a New York treat we call almond horns, which are fantastic. And there you have it. Mm. Ganja Gourmet, a place to chill, meet people. Uh, I just killed me with that rundown of food. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, you're that a sucker harsh. for the food. <laughs> I'm really hungry right now. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's cool. Um, strawberry hear- or strawberry, what was that one? Ice cream. Uh, oh, yeah, strawberry cream. shortcake. Yeah. I've heard that it's really difficult in Colorado to even get a license to do edibles or concentrates. So, um, really? Yeah. Good luck to them then. Very yeah. Good luck to them. It was uh, probably um, an uh, expensive uh, endeavor to to begin. So hopefully it works out for them. Yo, I got a grow tip hey, this week. Feeding our minds. Yeah, I was gonna just gonna ask you. Is that true? Is the rumor true? Or are we are you feeding our minds this week with another grow tip? Yeah, I just do grow tip. You know, like basically. I would love to like find the right person to do a whole show for this. This would be great. It's a regular thing. Yeah, but whenever they come to mind and are things that I'm dealing with or whatever, I you know kind of do them. And and here's the one that's been coming to mind lately for me because uh, it's pertinent to me. Um, if you're using dirt that's rich in nutrient content, I mean it's got a lot of nutrients, or it's considered you know hot. Um, please consider using less liquid fertilizer. Um, definitely a transplant. If you've got a hot dirt, I'd recommend going water only. Um, you know, pH water, maybe, maybe some, some additives, but I would just keep it really, really light for a couple of weeks until your plants are drinking regularly and everything. And you see happy, healthy growth. And then when you start adding it into adding liquid fertilizer, start light, start like a quarter string, third string, something like that. You can always add more but once you've burned it it's burnt you can't take it away you can try but it's in my experience it's really hard once you burn a plant you burn a plant so um you can always fix a deficiency by adding more nutrients so i I really recommend if you're using a pretty hot soil use use very light nutrients and and increase the your nutrients as as you can tell that they can take them more um so that so that you won't burn your plants and whenever you're using a new strain too i recommend this all all strains are different in how they they soak up nutrients so um, always start start at the lighter, the better. Uh, and the less that you can get away with, the better. Uh, one of my buddies recently just killed it, did better than he's ever done, and he said he used a third of the nutrients that he usually uses. So um, keep that in mind, people. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that that these nutrient companies are really your buddy. I think they like you using their mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that's my grow tip for today, my thoughts on growing. A tip o caution. Tip of caution. Yep. Tip of caution. Nice. So what's this thing in uh, um, Arizona? So I know it is prop, past Prop 203. 
in Arizona mm-hmm. and medical marijuana is on the way. They've not yet like enacted it or whatever. They have like a hun- they had 120 days from the election to get everything rolling. So I don't think the program's actually started or whatnot, but something about marijuana ATMs. Yeah. So this doctor, I think he's trying to capitalize on the whole thing and it looks like he's developed these, uh, we've seen them on the show before vending machines for, for medical mm-hmm. marijuana. I think there's some in California somewhere. Yeah, 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 totally. Anyway, this guy's trying to push him in California and, uh, Arizona. I'm sorry, in Arizona, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we got a news clip of it. Sweet. There are so many questions surrounding Arizona's medical marijuana program. What would it look like about the implementation? Within six months to a year, though, we could see these med boxes. This is kind of an ATM-style technology offered by Kind Clinics. They are hoping to get one of those 124 permits or a few of them, perhaps, with this technology. We're going to talk here to Dr. Bruce Bedrick. Uh, Dr. Bedrick, tell us about this uh, like we said, ATM-style technology, is it secure, and how do you tell folks that it would be secure? Uh, yes, this technology, uh, which uh, Kind Clinics here in Arizona, we are the exclusive uh, marketing and distributing company for Medbox here in Arizona, and uh, this technology essentially encompasses everything that Prop 203 and whatever Director Humble for the Arizona Department of Health Services may create in his rules and regulations. So you're talking about um, uh, fraud protection, um, compliance. This is the most compliant, fraud-free, convenient, safe, secure technology available for the dispensing of, med- of medical marijuana. Give us a rundown about how it works. You were talking about inventory, so it obviously keeps a safe inventory because it's locked in the box. Uh, but tell us about how a patient uh, would access it with their card. Okay. Uh, you, when they come into the dispensary, they will be able to get a prepaid debit card, which you'll be able to use into the machine. And uh, once they put the, mach- the card into the machine, they will then be asked for their fingerprint. They'll put their fingerprint on the machine, and then they will be able to choose the medicine of their choice at the amount of their choice, and it will be dispensed. So these will be inside of medical marijuana dispensaries. Do you guys have a time frame as of right now? Yes, based on the rules and regulations that we believe will be printed in April, uh, you will see the first kind clinics, dispensaries, and any dispensaries for that matter, come midsummer. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Bruce Bedrick with Kind Clinics. Um, we're seeing a, a kind of a new technology here with a brand new program here in the state of Arizona as the medical marijuana program is uh, unveiled over the next several months. Reporting in Phoenix, I'm Dan Spindle, Fox 10 News. Get my Fox. Wow, that was cool, actually, kind of. <laughs> yeah, Kind Clinics. I kind of like that name. It's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, it took me way back, actually. You know, my attention span started to go, oh, Kind Bud, oh. Um, yeah, I, I, what do you think, man? Like, having these things everywhere, like, you know, like vending machines with weed in them. Wow, it's awesome. <laughs> they, they have that in some uh, like Mexican tourist locations, I think. Really? I think so. Cuba, maybe. I know there's some places that are close around here. You know, I don't think it's South America. I don't think it's that far down. But uh, that have that, you know, they have like little machines you can get. I thought they did. Cool. That's cool. But, yeah. It'd be kind of really cool to have it like here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, 
I don't really have any problems with it or anything. I just, you know, it's looking through the machine like you you got to know like you're going off of looks alone for it to be, you know, there's, I don't know. It's, man, that's, you know, just when you think, just when you're you're feeling like, oh my God, this guy in a wheelchair just got busted for, you know, charge of the felony and this poor guy with epilepsy is being forced into such dreadful, and then you're like, oh, right. Marijuana vending machines. All right. <laughs> Moving think, forward uh, a little bit. I think those would create, those would increase use trends. If they because then you could buy them more anonymously. <laughs> you don't have to be in front of people, et cetera, et cetera. Because, yeah, you know, well, you know, I don't, I don't ingest cannabis currently because I'm at university and it's just, I'm so involved with so many things right now. It's just, impra- it's impractical. It's an impractical choice for me to make. So I don't do that right now. But I think if there was a, uh, what do you call that thing? A little, like, machine, vending yeah. machine mm-hmm. around a corner. I might take a walk. Med box, the, I believe. Through the cold, wintry, blustery. Right now, the snow is blowing in, like, nine different directions simultaneously. That's cool. It's a whiteout storm of snow and nasty tundra. But yeah. uh, I would... Awesome. I would probably go do that, man, for like a week. Nice. Or I mean for like a block. For, or a, something. for a week. Like yeah. every day. It might take a week in this <laughs> Hourly. <snow. laughs> right. Right. Well, while you're snowed in, it's kind of not, it's not sunny here, but it's not as crappy as it has been. That's enough of the weather talk. Here we go with episode 42. Thank everybody uh, for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Pass us on to your friends. Check out our website, cannabisagenda.com. Email us info at cannabisagenda.com. We'd love to hear with you, hear from you on the pot etiquette or the, or the, the anything really, but, or the, um, do you get, did you get high your first time? What do you think about that? Why not? Um, call us 707-654-CAN, C-A-N-N, which is 2266. Check us out on iTunes. You can uh, subscribe there, and uh, it'll be automatically downloaded to your iTunes player, so you can uh, listen to it as soon as it's available. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Suggest liking us to your friends on Facebook, please. All right, awesome. people. Um, that was a long yeah. one. Peace and pot, y'all. Good. Take care. We'll talk to you at number 43 next week.